0: And welcome to The Terrible Outdoorsman, Episode Four. We ready for this? Are we are we going now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are going. And We're, I'm not editing any of that out. Yeah, we've been we've been we've been talking here for like <laughs> A long time (laughs) now. No, we're rolling with that because everybody is laughing right now that's listening to this. Yeah. Well, welcome. Episode four. Um, We've made it through four episodes or three episodes, and hopefully we'll make it through this one. It's not starting off well. And uh, so you got Ryan Collin, your host here. Bob Collin. Yo, yo, yo. What (laughs) a show.
1: (laughs) Third wheel, still up in Midland. Jason Gustin.
0: Captain Pirate Jason. You know, three weeks you couldn't heal that leg up or nothing. Four weeks, you've had a month. You've had a month and you can't fix that leg. I got gorilla glue. I got super glue. Come on. How long does it take to heal a leg? You have two. I mean, I don't know what you're worried about over there.
1: I'm kind of riding this one out. There's just no
0: comment over there. Just keep it silent. We're gonna be on oh, like man. we're gonna be on podcast podcast like. 137,
2: and we're like, Jason's still laid up in Midland with a. <laughs> Jason's bum like, way. still
0: he's still broken. Well, as soon as you get this one healed, you're going to break something else, so you can stay in Midland. Yeah, yeah, that's your master plan. Still broken, <laughs>
1: you can't pull over
0: any farther. Oh my God, we're quoting Super Troopers now. <laughs> oh i apologize in advance for this episode everybody it is it's going well off the start
2: i'm in i'm in a a salty mood today i don't i don't know what it is man like this last like 30 minutes of just like kind of pre-gaming and we got on the topic we started talking about we're talking about deer hunting and uh (laughs) <laughs> we started talking about some different stuff that really just gets me going. Man. I'm not really going to talk about it now. Let's wait until, I want to wait until, I'm going to keep you all, I'm going to cliffhang you all and uh, <laughs> and uh, let you all wait until bow season starts. But uh, yeah, I, it, there's there's just some stuff out there about some of these different hunting personalities and it just fires me up, man. and, and really uh, So I'm in gears. a good mood. I'm in
0: a real great mood. Let's get this going. It really grinds your gears. <laughs> <laughs> it really gets my goat. Oh, my gosh. Well, how about we how about we start with our celebratory snort to Ooh, e- ease uh, your tension and your... Snort! Oh, God. Here we go. Brand new bottle because the other one's been finished <laughs> in the first three podcasts. All right. right. Take the quarter out. It's a brand new bottle. I just cracked
2: it. Oh my god. Ooh, I heard something crack on the other end over there. Oh, Jason's
0: allowed to drink. He's allowed to drink this episode. (laughs) That's so nice. Thanks for joining. The Uh, warden. Welcome to the party. The warden said, Hey, you're allowed a pop and a half. No more. (laughs) One pop. You're cut Uh, off. You're cut off. When I see Your old lady's going to kick my ass for throwing her out there last episode, too. So what do we got on this agenda? What are we going to do? What's been been new, Jason? You've had a week. I know you've been out and about and hobbling around. What have you you been doing?
1: I've been uh, peg-legging around. Um, It appears that Detroit River walleye is starting to ramp up a bit, seeing some decent fish. This weekend is the Michigan Walleye Tour uh, uh, tournament out there. But I I honestly haven't followed along much with the results, really. But I know that the fishing is better. Guys are doing better. Uh, The average angler is doing better. Um, And then up on, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, Southern Lake Huron out of Lexington and down into St. Clair River people are getting a lot of coho salmon so i think we'll talk about that a little bit some of those the stocking history up there and kind of why that is taking off a little bit here in the the last couple of years so but i'm still healing that leg just
0: i mean if i YouTube if i was videos. stuck around my house i would have be i'd be cleaning every lure every tackle box i've got i'd be restringing all my poles
1: none of it's here none of it's it's all spread out across the, the state, great state they, of Michigan. Oh
0: my god! I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I haven't I've heard been everywhere spending, I go. I've, I've been p-
1: spending all my time cleaning the house, doing the dishes, vacuuming.
0: What are you? What? What happened to you? Oh my god! What happened to you up there? Oh, is that what happens <laughs> when you go to Ohio? I feel so sorry for you. When you go live in Ohio, is that what happens? Oh my god! I'm so sorry. So, Mr. Mom and it up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you don't have no fishing gear up there.
1: I have no fishing gear up here. It's either at the cabin or in Royal Oak.
0: I'm uh I'm I'm vastly disappointed. My jaw is dropped. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: i got nothing i well, got nothing i'm just a disappointment
0: <laughs> well enough about you bob what's new with you last week just watching a lot of the reports i've been seeing
2: uh they're still catching steelhead all around the state all the major uh tributaries out and going out to the great lakes they're still catching a lot of steelhead and stuff like that so been watching that um i am seeing some better um walleye fishing on the detroit river as well and yep. seeing some limits and things like that and a lot of the different you know facebook groups or different social media groups that i follow or post a lot of pictures and
0: i'm just sitting here like all sad face why am i not out there <laughs> like that meme where you're like holding your hand out like i want to go to take, take, take me with me. you <laughs> yeah
2: but other than that you know work schedule has been kind of crazy lately and uh just wishing i was fishing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but other than that uh yeah just the same old same old Started uh, another another class at school, and that's great. Oh, my God. Here we go.
1: <laughs> so we got one guy taking class. We got one guy cleaning house. I hope Ryan's yeah. a little better.
0: I'm doing none of those things. None of them. I'm not doing anything any better, but I'm doing none of those things. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, I did hear the the Detroit River is definitely warming up uh, finally, even though it doesn't feel like it is godforsaken state. I've just had it four weeks in a row now. Wonder why I live here. Oh, no, I, I I saw a bunch of posts uh, from that national walleye tour that was went out of Erie Metro. We talked about last week that guy had to go out into Erie to catch fish because the fishes weren't even close to coming up the river. One guy said he had to go some mile out into Erie to, to find some some schools of fish, but they limited out and I don't know what they placed, but but what I've seen so far is that the river definitely turned on. I'm seeing guys post that they're they're catching their limits and things like that, yeah. and we'll we'll get into that a little bit, but it's nice to see some reports. um The weather was trash last week, yeah, I,
2: you know i I hate to say that I'm a fair weather fisherman, but uh, and I'm really not like i I can tolerate forties, fifties and that kind of thing, but you know waking up getting up in the morning
0: it's twenty six degrees outside I'm like yeah, yeah, well, yesterday, I did a bunch, rough yesterday, I did a bunch of boat prep, so I was outside all days. What probably mid to late forties? It was all right, you know. I was in a sweatshirt and long johns, and I was good. And I woke up today, and there's an inch of snow on my deck. I'm like, I literally walked out. I walked in my kitchen, looked out the window, and I'm like, "Fuck you, Michigan! Yeah, I hate you. I yeah. hate you. I love you, but I hate you so much." So this, this yeah, time of here, year, this time of year is terrible. It just, is because well, you get those nice days. Day and yeah, you get those nice night. days. Where you're like, all right, cool. We're getting in the spring and fishing weather and then no, no. Yeah. No. It's uh we got some back room. in the thirties and forties. So. We got some reports from the UP that there's still a fair amount
2: of snow up there too.
0: There's a lot, there's still ice fishing up there. Right. Oh, there's
1: yeah, yeah I talked to someone uh, yeah, beginning of the week and they were on twenty inches of ice.
0: Yeah. I was the, the podcast I was listening to today for musky fishing, they're talking northern Wisconsin and they said they still have over a foot of ice up there. Yeah. It's like, and they're talk Their season doesn't open until I want to say it's May sometime. Oh, okay. When their season opens, and uh, yeah, they don't even know if they're going to be fishing when it opens because they still have so much ice and there's no end in sight. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can start fishing for them through the ice. Oh my god, weird year for sure. I cannot wait for for the weather to break. I know traditionally up in
2: Beta Knock area, though it's it's like May is the big time to.
0: May fifteenth is the opener for yeah. walleye. You know? and that's the big time that they go up there yeah. and
2: start targeting walleye up if, there. And that's kind of that's like world renowned up there. Like that's some yeah. really good walleye fishing up there. That's kind of underrated. Everybody, everybody comes to the Detroit River, yeah. and it shows. Like you show up there if you go down there this weekend or next weekend, it's going to be it's going to be jamming, dude. There's going to be a million people out there, but like oh, yeah. well, not as not nearly as many people go up and fish. You know
0: big bay to knock little bay to knock and it's a solid fishery up there i imagine you probably get a lot of people from wisconsin do you remember any of that when you were over there jason Were people traveling to little bay to knock
1: yeah a little bit um they've got wisconsin they have green bay which has a really good walleye fishery but um yeah there would be guys that would travel over to uh bay to knocks um but there were still the guys that they would they were fishermen they would spend a lot of time inland waters in wisconsin green bay but then they would still plan their uh out of state trip a couple days to erie and i mean they really looked forward to it and that was when i was working on the charter boat guys were they're anglers it's not just mom and pop come down with their kids and go fishing yeah. for the first time these guys are fishermen that come over to erie for their their erie trip each year
0: See, to me, that would be weird to, like, go on a trip to Lake Erie. Let's go to Detroit on a vacation. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I I see it. I see it sometimes. on any, you know, Keys Outdoors
2: and stuff like that, and they'll take a trip to St. Clair, and it's like.
0: Yeah.
2: And he shows a lot of, you know, things other than musky fishing, where he's, like, driving, or, you know, he pulls up in the motel, and he's in St. Clair Shores or something, (laughs) you know, and it's like. (laughs) Yeah, or in Detroit proper, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah you left northern wisconsin to go uh, to detroit but the fishing is worth it that's why they do it i mean they they catch some hogs out of there every year yeah
1: when you think about it you've got obviously a, a excellent fishery in erie of course into the detroit river and then st clair river and that but you've got walleye you've got muskie. that i mean there's articles written about the waters that we live an hour away from right, right. walleye muskie, smallmouth yeah uh perch to some extent right ice fishing oh, yeah. on st clair for perch
0: mm-hmm. yeah even, even sturgeon, up, even sturgeon yeah. up in the north channel that's a big thing yep i guess we take it for granted because if we deal with all the idiots that are around mm-hmm. here well we, if the <laughs> traffic and the yeah both me and you <laughs>
2: work in the you know it's like I guess the last thing i want to do is go fight that traffic on 96 or 94 <laughs> right. and it's,
0: give a, me, it's a nightmare. That's why you give me a little hole in the wall lake with a fourteen foot boat, I'd be happier than doing that. But hey, that's not where the fish that's, are gonna be. So
1: that was why back in the day, um, the cabin that I mean, it was back in the sixties when my grandpa bought that, but nowadays that's definitely our oasis to get away. Yeah.
0: But well, it's in traffic, the middle of nowhere. Nowhere it, land. It's, it's the way it should be. You gotta sit in
1: the traffic to get there, but when you grow up doing it, that was part of it. Yeah. Weekend Warrior, sitting in yep. traffic on 75 on Friday night, going up to the cabin.
0: Mm-hmm. So now it. you just shoot across Many 10, did. right?
1: Now I shoot across 10, yeah. I go there <laughs> weekdays. I, I just go say. in the afternoon.
0: You got to be what, half hour from the cabin?
1: Uh, it's about 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. It's, well, just stay there. I mean, it's there. a dream come true.
0: Just stay there. Save some rent.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> thought about it. I
0: don't, I don't think your old lady would go for that.
1: Uh, she likes it on the weekend. She wouldn't yeah. want to live there.
0: Yeah, no. Lot of dude stank stanking. <laughs> <laughs> Solid hunter cabin. That's a whole separate podcast. Cool. Deer camp. Well, yeah. So well good. Good. I mean, I think we're all chomping at the bit to get out there. You know, we got peg leg over here and <laughs> I at least got my boat out yesterday i sent you guys the pictures or well i fired it up got the water pump bit about that
1: i don't want to about that little oh i did tell you i was gonna tell you about
0: it oh my god
1: you sent that picture of the impeller that had fins going both ways yeah so like a a switch hitter
0: (laughs) yeah my my water pump was like five years old and i was i knew it was overdue and just it's one of those things that's been back in my mind but it's a project that it's kind of a pain in the butt it's not hard to do. We've got the book, and we can do everything with that motor. But it was just one of those things where I'm like, ah, putting it off, putting it off. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. This year I'm going to do it because I plan on fishing a lot more, mainly because of this podcast is going to drive me to do it. So I want to make sure it's good. I want to change the re- the gear lube and, you know, the bearings on the tires and all that stuff. So, So I decided I got the day off yesterday, and it's chance of rain, chance of not rain, 50% chance, Michigan – Forecasters and so go over to my dad's uh start wrenching on it and decided to fix a few other things I needed to do on it. And my fender's kind of messed up. It's an old boat, eighty-nine, so and uh we back it into the garage and start working on the lower unit and reading through the book before we even do it, just on the steps of what to do. And we've done this probably five times maybe. You've been there to help. It's, yeah. It's not that not that difficult. A couple bolts, drops uh, the lower unit drops off. It's a stern drive and uh so we take a couple bolts off take the um the anode rod off and you know it's not breaking free so we grab a rubber mallet and just tapping on it maybe it'll break free and it's not budging. we're like what the hell is going on here is it seized up and so reading through the book and they're saying the pry in the front pry in the back and gently obviously and we're messing with it and we like going back and forth for like 10 minutes and i'm like something's not right like, this is never, we've, we've changed this before, and it just, you know, we've never d- had to deal with this. And sure enough, I'm I'm grabbing a beer, and I'm looking at it from a distance, and I'm like, there's two more bolts there. Didn't know there's two more bolts there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting here pounding Terrible on it. Terrible outdoors, man. Oh, my God. We're sitting there pounding on this thing with a rubber hammer, and, and there's two two bolts on there. So I'm like, all right. Get a socket out, pull those two out. and I'm like, all right got to drop now right it's not budging it's not freaking budging <laughs> all right that wasn't it i mean obviously those those bolts need to come out anyways but that didn't work so i'm looking around seeing if there's any other bolts sure enough there's one more bolt <laughs> so we take that out and um it was it was right on the front it was kind of hidden it was hard to see but had i actually read the book i would have i would have seen this and uh So the front kind of drops just a hair to where I can see there's a break in the the two pieces that connect. And I'm like, all right, cool. It's starting to move. Pound it on the back again. Again, not hard. I don't want to bend anything. It's all aluminum. And it's not coming. And I'm like, there's got to be another bolt somewhere. There's just got to be. I'm looking around, looking around, can't see it. And sure enough, there's one more more bolt. Three times I did this. It went from me thinking there's three bolts to seven bolts.
1: Maybe you should Man. put some notes in your little oh, manual my God. for next Take time. I, I
0: felt yeah. I felt like such a dumbass, and the whole time I'm thinking, "This is great content for the podcast because <laughs> this is literally what we're all about—the oh, yeah. terrible outdoorsmen." Well, I didn't I go. I didn't, you. fake it till you make it.
1: <laughs> I was going to say I commend you for being proactive, fixing. You know, saying, "Hey, I want to do some maintenance. I, I want to do this on my own time and not." Now I'm out on name the body of water, and things are going south quick. So it might have taken a little while, but, hey, you're good to go. Well, I, I, I,
0: I kind of have here. to. Well, I mean, you should do that with all boats. My boat's old. It's 89, so it's, what, 33 years old, right? And I just changed a water pump probably four years ago, five years ago. But I just know, I mean, after two, three years, you should – you should change that, and I put some hours on that boat the last couple of years. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just feel better knowing that I've got a brand new exactly. water pump. Um, the gear lube, on I mean, that's you should change that every year. But I didn't change it last year because I just I checked it and it looked good, it looked clean. I'm like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, probably shouldn't have, but I, I just knew I had to change it this year. And uh, so, anyways, we get that last bolt out, and sure enough, it just oops drops. Doesn't hit the ground. Like I, I grabbed it, it, it you, slid right off. But
1: do you or Bob through? Uh, your insurance, or through like Towboat US. Do you guys have tow insurance on your boats?
0: I I think I do. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I'm
2: pretty sure. Yeah, what, whatever yeah. my standard insurance covers, I don't know. I'd...
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it does. I know that we looked into that with Towboat US as one one company. But when you do some some fishing on like St. Clair and stuff.
0: Oh, Detroit you mean River, getting towed like uh, towed off the, the water?
1: Oh, I'm like, hey, I'm broke down and I'm five miles off a of metro. Oh.
2: No, uh, I don't call, call Coast it Coast Guard and they come get It might you. be
1: worth something to just they take a look a because, <laughs> right. well, that's that's the thing. You know, we've been grant we've been thankful we haven't had to use it. But people that I've heard say, you know, it's about hundred bucks a year, and if you don't have it, yeah, you're going to be looking at a pretty deep yeah. bill. So maybe someone just I, to look into.
0: I get leery going that far out in my boat. <clears throat> Bob's boat, I don't care because his. Is- four years old and <laughs> i trust this boat yeah. a little better than mine and I, I i really i guess i do trust mine but yeah going out you know there's a couple times we go out there eight miles to a certain couple yeah. spots for musky out there
1: yeah
0: and taking my boat it's uh always in the back of my head but yeah so yeah we dropped the lower unit and swap out the 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 water pump and the and the fins were some were going the way they're supposed to go and some were going the opposite way not sure.
1: <laughs> were the were the ones going the opposite way? Were they fins on the bottom? Like, do you think maybe the thing was settling and then they turned? The, that is weird. Well, though. it
0: sits sideways, like so it oh, spins okay. with with the the shaft that goes up. Yeah. So, but I, I don't even know how that happens. Like, <laughs> how does it go backwards? You say it was super yeah. rigid too, wasn't it? It was hard as a rock too. Like, yeah. and I know they are. I mean, they're pretty stiff. But like, it felt like it was going to be brittle pretty soon. So. Yeah. I probably would have made it through the year, but I feel a lot better, change, knowing that I changed it.
1: And now, then, when something goes wrong, at least you know it won't be that.
0: Well, unless I fuck something up when I did it, <laughs> it's very possible because I'm by no you, means a boat mechanic. But I don't want to pay. Took, I don't want to pay two hundred dollars an hour for a labor rate. It'd be five hundred dollars for to take yeah. that into a shop you know so
1: when you took seven bolts out how many did you did you put seven back in when you put it together no I don't, it was weird three i only had it.
0: to put four in yeah yeah but only, i figure it it's good right or four yeah i figure it's those good. other
1: three are spares
0: oh yeah well, <laughs> I, well that's what i figure like that's a little aggressive like do we really need seven bolts holding on the motor
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, a
0: little, it's a little aggressive yeah but you know, come on let's let's not let's go not crazy do it four is enough okay right. It's wasting metal. <laughs>
1: you needed right. those other three for something around the house. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the resourceful tool right. man. You know, scrap metal. You can
2: at least <laughs> turn that in for some <laughs> casualties.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we got to put it back together. Uh, put the gear lube back in. Fresh brand new gear lube. Fired it up. Running, running good. Nice. So I, I'm, th- I'm happy.
2: I think that too many people take that for granted though. Like these are the kind of things that we do every single year, every single spring. We go through quite a bit of prep and, you know, either determining whether we need a new impeller or water pump, fuel pump, whatever it is. And we spend a a good amount of time, you know, working on our boats in order to, you know, and doing preventative maintenance to make sure that it's not going to fail on the water. And obviously, I mean, I think what was a podcast too, you heard about my failure on the water. That was something I, I really couldn't.
1: You you really, I, I really that. couldn't foresee
2: that. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff out there that not a lot of people do. To, to be honest, there's a lot of, uh, you know, fishermen out there that are literally might put the muffs on it, crank
0: it up to make sure mm-hmm. it starts, and then they're on the water. And uh, we all know yeah. that guy, though, that backs his boat in for the first time and he's firing it up. Yeah. At I just the boat see launch. it cool. every
2: single mm-hmm. year. I see it at the boat launch, somebody cranking, 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 cranking at the uh, at the launch. And it's like, man, there's, there's there's a lot of time and a lot of things you can do
0: outside the water that's going to definitely yep. help so, you. Funny, so when funny you get story about that. We're down at the Detroit River. I don't know. You might have been with us. Me and Dad oh, and somebody else. We're down at the Detroit River, and sure enough, this is what's happening. A couple guys back their boat in, and, and they flat out told us the first time they fired it up. And they're cranking, cranking, cranking. It's not going. Was that last year? No. it was. I could have swore that same thing happened. There was a guy...
2: That was I don't stalled think so, out on the
0: dock but they they're, so they're trying to fire it over and and eventually the battery dies from them just constantly starting it and then they're like hey man can I get a jump and I'm like or I don't know if you, I said it maybe you said it like, I was like no you can get a jump I you know, <laughs> <laughs> thing didn't start with a whole battery what am I jump gonna do you know yeah, there, there's something deeper. Too, yeah. there's a deeper issue than the battery in that buddy like that thing ain't gonna start no matter what yeah, so in, I mean, that, not, in that in uh, that case, if you're on the launch, you got the boat in the water and you're trying to
2: crank it for the first time for the year, and you're having issues. Your best bet is to put it back on the trailer, get it out of the water, ooh. and let other people launch. You know, you have, especially you know some launches like Elizabeth Park and different places along well, the that, Detroit River. You're gonna have a mile long. Well, that's know, exactly. You, that's where you don't you don't want it to fail right there. If mm. you're if it's gonna fail somewhere, let it be upriver somewhere. I don't know, yeah. but. Like, Right. Uh, on on the river, yeah. you know, on the well, launch, while everybody's waiting, at, everybody's chomping at the bit, man, they're ready to go. Like, and you're trying to start your boat for the first time, like, just some food for thought, guys. You know, make sure that you're uh, doing some
0: preventative stuff and making, you know, making sure your your boat starts before you even hit the launch. Well, yeah, that's where we were. Is Elizabeth Park busiest place on earth in in the month of April and May, and that's where they're trying to do this with thirty people in line, like. I just bought a set of muffs from Wilson Marine to plug them. It was six dollars. Six. You can bucks. hook your normal garden hose up to, it and you can fire it in your yard. Like, come on, guys! All right, time, that's my uh, that's my soapbox. What do, what do you got?
1: <laughs> um, well, to, to have another story out there for um, requesting a jump, we were this was summertime though. We were down at St. Jean on the Detroit River, and it was middle of the day, just Dad and I, and a guy comes down with a pretty. Pretty substantial size cabin cruiser. This wasn't a fishing boat. This was to go for a ride. And he had, like, an Oldsmobile towing it. The thing was bottomed out. (laughs) And St. Jean has a pretty steep launch. And so he's launching on the other side of the dock from us, and Dad gives me the nudge and says, hey, watch this. And these guys start backing her down, and the boat ends up just pulling the car, (laughs) like, to the edge of the water, right? Well, they end up launching it. I mean, thankfully, the thing got off the trailer before the car was pulled into the water. Yeah. And Jeez. so, guy goes to park the car and trailer, and we're just about to toss the lines to go. And he hadn't tried starting it yet, because he said, oh, my battery's dead. You mind if I get a jump? <laughs> and dad was like, okay, I guess. So, he flips over jumper cables to us and says, now make sure you hook them up on the right post. Like, okay, dude, we got it. <laughs> He he hooks him up. Dad touches our posts, and the thing sparks. He's like, "What the hell's going on?" That guy hooked him up backwards, and <laughs> one of our posts one of our posts has a melted section yeah, on it. Yeah, oh did, my god. Yeah. So, oh man, yeah. There's,
0: there, there, there,
1: there's a whole podcast carton. about
0: boat launch stories, but I joke and, and, and say same- I
1: could get a lawn chair and an umbrella and Mm -hmm. a case of beer and just sit there and honestly
0: man man. honestly and that so those guys that story i was telling like i would have no problem giving anybody a jump but i knew that motor wasn't starting (laughs) there was (laughs) no hope for it to start have you You ever seen somebody back in their boat and forget to
2: undo their their rear straps Mm -hmm. that's awesome i've done it (laughs) because they're straight up driving their boat underwater and they're like what what are we do that I think we started to do it. I'm and, pretty and then, sure you and, then, and I
0: did that. I, I think we did, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, 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 because we're like the boat's not coming off the trailer. What's going yeah, on? I, 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 I think this did. was last year. Too. I know we did. That. Uh, yeah, we get pretty excited. You know, we get really excited and we're like, yeah. You know, and JoJo the Indian circus. The one boy. thing I, I will tell you. The one thing I've never done. Is not have the plug in my boat. That's that's definitely on the pre-check Oh, You're list. missing out, Bob. You ought to try it. It's a good feeling. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people out there have. But I, that's the only There's... thing I haven't done. But I have definitely tried to back it in without the straps on there, or with the straps <laughs> still strapped down. You know, like why won't the boat come off? You know, what are you doing? We we have a different way that we do it. There's some people that like speed oh, yeah. launch them and stuff like that, or they power load yeah. them. We don't really do all that. We're a little bit more careful with the boat coming yeah. in and off the yeah. off the launch, but. Yeah, I've I've seen some crazy stuff. Backing up, man, backing up <laughs> into the launch, like that's where you get the launch here and a couple cold pops and sit there and watch because you you might watch a guy go try to. you know it, And there might be some people listening that are, that have a little bit of trouble backing up. Here, I'm gonna give it's a little. Art. I'm gonna give a little, little tip, all right? Pro tip, not that I'm a pro, but <laughs> a little tip, all right? So when me and Ryan were little. Probably, I don't know, man, we were probably 12, 13 years old. Not even, not even, Don't even have a license yet. Yeah. Our our dad used to have us back in the uh, our or his boat, right? And it was always like a thing that if you had to pull forward after backing up, then like, I don't know what it was. I don't remember what it was as a kid, but I know nowadays, like if we back up, if we're back in a boat into the launch and we got to pull forward to correct we're buying the beer that buying the beer that yeah. day. So, like, there's a, a one tip that my dad taught me that's uh, that's huge. It's put your hand at the bottom of the steering wheel, it'll change your life. So, when you go to back up, instead of having your hand at the top of the steering wheel and trying to figure out which way you got to turn the wheels, the front wheels, in order to make the boat go what direction you want. Put your hand at the bottom of the steering wheel and whatever way you turn your hand, that's the way the rear end of the boat is gonna go. So, hands at the bottom of the steering wheel, you turn it to the right, the back end of the boat is gonna move to the right. You turn to the left, it's gonna go to the left. It's that simple. Now, it's doing some other things. You're turning the wheel the opposite way, Technically, if, if your hand is at the top of the wheel, you're going to be turning it differently. But put your hand at the bottom of the wheel, and it, I'm telling you, it will save your life when it comes to backing in a boat, a jet ski, anything like that. We see a lot of guys. I see it every – almost every time I launch, I'm, I'm watching somebody pull forward, back yeah. up, pull forward, back up, pull forward, back up six times before they uh, yeah. they get it where they need to. And it's like, you don't really need to do all that. Like and it is frustrating. I know, I know it's frustrating for some of those guys that are that are yeah. you know, trying to back it up and they don't know how to do it. And I've taught a lot of people that way, but put your hand at the bottom of the steering wheel. Don't ever put your hand at the top of the steering wheel. use your mirrors. That's all
0: you gotta do. It's too easy. Yeah. And I, when I learned my dad had a conversion van. Big huge conversion van. And that's how I learned to back up a boat. And he's got these well, you see my, my parents also he's got these four big uh, maple trees and you just have to back in, in there like that was a ramp I'd do that for like an hour just practicing and now I feel like I'm pretty damn good at backing up the road. But, but yeah I can do it I'm um, I'm selling 90% I, yeah. not having to pull forward but yeah. it depends on but the launch some launches you know, are you, way you, better than others but if you struggle with it go practice go to a parking lot go to a right. Walmart parking lot and practice backing up you know it's not like you can't do it but you know Tip, uh, t-
2: I got, I got three tips actually for that. I'm, I'm not gonna drag this on too yeah, long. This is our pro tip segment. Pro, two more <laughs> tips. The second <laughs> tip: don't oversteer. Don't oversteer. If you cut that wheel too hard, you're gonna trying to recorrect it is going to
0: be an issue. See, I'm just going like crazy, yeah, crazy right? That's how I oh, do. Man, it.
2: It, it, you watch it though. The guys are like <laughs> jackknifing boats into the launch, and you're like, what are you doing? Yep. You know, subtle, so don't, subtle
0: turns go go a long way. Right when you're back in a boat. We can do a whole podcast yeah. honestly on yeah, the boat backing up. <laughs> the length the length of your boat is gonna determine
2: like how hard you're gonna to need to turn. But you'll figure that that sweet spot out, but don't overturn and then don't go too fast. Slow it down. Slow is smooth, smooth as fast. Oh military term, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Next class I'm gonna teach you all how to clear a room. All right.
0: Okay. All right. That'll be your military segment <laughs> oh man can we get into a topic on this podcast We're oh, 30 man, we're, minutes in we yeah, haven't talked about like anything a, of any substance yeah. so i apologize our listeners just randomly speaking so who got their fishing license me did you really yeah i mean you have to pay so much for it yeah i talked about that last time so yeah. i got mine jason did you get your 305 not yet oh, you're illegal
1: no need no need i can't go yet
0: but you can think about fishing and that's illegal if you don't have a license
1: oh then i've been illegal for (laughs) yeah quite a few days
0: so you wouldn't know because you didn't get the new guide that's right you're studying that guide so there's been some new rule changes i think we should probably talk about because they're of some significance in some of the areas and some of the lakes that we're going to be fishing so the first one that I was looking at—it's a big change for this year—is Lake St. Clair, St. Clair River. So the the size limit used to be 13 inches, and then the fish quota used to be five or eight. Jason,
1: I think five.
0: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was five, and then the size limit was 13. Well, now it's changing to 15 inches and six fish per day. Anywhere in the St. Clair River and then Lake St. Clair.
1: And that's nice because now Michigan waters of Lake Erie and Detroit River, Lake St. Clair, St. Clair River, everyone's the same. So some of those spots in the upper Detroit River, sometimes you will get out into Lake St. Clair and then drift down into the Detroit. So it's nice that it's all all the same.
0: Well, that that was one of my thoughts is like, so if you're fishing in the Detroit River and you're right there, at the mouth of of St. Clair, what water are you in, man? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know? And I know like, that's a big thing because when you're on the Canadian side, it's a whole different thing. And you got to know where that line is, um, which is tough. If you don't have a GPS or anything to see that Canadian line, but it's nice that that entire waterway is going to be the same thing. Now, what is it on Lake Huron?
1: On Lake Huron, um, other than Saginaw Bay, and the Saginaw River. The rest of Lake Huron is all the statewide uh, reg for Wallet, which is 5 and 15. Okay. Saginaw Bay specifically is 8 and 13.
0: And Saginaw Bay is open now, right?
1: Saginaw Bay is open now, yes. Yeah, Saginaw <laughs> Bay is open all year. Saginaw <laughs> River is still closed.
0: <laughs> going back to our first podcast <laughs> oh, of yeah. me being a terrible outdoorsman. So, so I mean, the, the size limit went up, though. So, I imagine a lot of people are going to be pissed off about that because... I mean, I guess you'll have one, that one fisherman who's going to be upset that they can't keep the thirteen and fourteen inches. But then you'll have that other guy who's like, "Okay, maybe we can start catching some quality fish." You know, is it, I mean, do you think that's the rationale behind it? Is quality fish management? Is it to to make the waterways the same?
1: Yes, I think it was to streamline. I gave
0: you two questions. You said simpler. yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Th- It, I believe that the rationale is to prevent the situation you just described. I'm fishing the Detroit River up near Lake St. Clair. Am I in Lake St. Clair? Am I in the Detroit River? Um, I think they made it all the same on the U.S. side so that there was no confusion. Um, I think uh, I do not believe it was sort of like a quality fishing setup. Um, I think it was to make things simpler to interpret
2: They do get confusing, like, you know, like depending on what waterway you might be fishing, it's, you know, in some inland lakes, you know, fishing for northern pike, there's slot limits and there's all kinds of other, you know, you know, almost anywhere I've fished, it's been, you know, 24 inch and, you know limit of two yeah. or whatever and then you go to some you go to you know lake st clair you go to one of the great lakes waterways and it's a it's a whole different thing so you i mean you literally need to read the rule book every single year to make yeah. sure that you're fishing or that you're you know your bag limit or whatever is uh, is yeah. appropriate and and you're catching the right size fish and it happens every single year there's guys out there getting ticketed by the dnr because they've you know they've Got undersized fish or whatever, or oversized fish if it, if there's a swat limit. So, I think that that's something that's important, you know. Make sure yeah. that you're reading the rules and that you're up to date on what's going on throughout whatever
0: waterway you're fishing because you yeah. never know. Yeah, it it can be daunting to look at that rule book at times, you know. Yeah. I mean, especially this year, I was just looking at some of the updates. I mean, there's and they highlighted in red anything that's been changed from previous years. But you look at some of the, the specific lake regulations for whether it be pike or muskie or walleye, and it's like two pages in very fine print <laughs> sorted by county of whether it's a slot limit or just some special re- regulations. And, I mean, there's hundreds of lakes there. And, and to what Bob said, like, really, every year you got to read it. But, I mean, if you're fishing a new body of water, you almost have to go through that and, and, right. and to know the regulations. You know we went up ice fishing four or five years ago to to the lake behind our cabin and i went in thinking normal pike regulations right two two a day with 24 in size limit well no it's it's one of those things where you can keep one over 24 and you can keep i think up to five under 24. and that was the special regulations on that lake because they have so many tiny pike they want to kind of weed out some of them but i had no idea until someone had brought it up, like, hey, what's the size limit on there? And I'm like, I don't know. Looked it up in the guide, and sure enough, yeah, we can keep five fish under 24 inches, but only one over 24. So, and there's a whole page of, of lakes that are like that, that aren't the statewide regulation.
2: I'm but, not sure that I like their Q and A thing that they do in some of their digest too. It's, I'm not sure. I'm not so much sure. I haven't I haven't gone through the fishing regulations, but I know the turkey guide, the whitetail guide was like that. You know where they they pose like questions like can I shoot a deer that has less than three inch antlers or whatever, you know? And then that's how they address the rule. Like, I kind of like it in black and white. Like this is what you can shoot. This is what you cannot shoot. Or this way you can catch and not catch. I kind of like, you know, it that way, like at least I can and kind of interpret the rule as opposed to reading into a question, you know, yeah. that, well, that that's my take on it. Like, and in some cases it's helpful because I have the same question. You know, I have that question yeah. of like, can I catch a, you know, can I keep, five twenty four inch pipe, you know, or whatever it might be, but
0: yeah i don't know yeah. I don't know it's teach his own I guess yeah Now, Jason didn't you you asked me didn't you like the Q and a or
1: um I don't know, I go back and forth uh, because like you said, Bob, on one hand, I feel like the Q and a it attempts to look for those exceptions to the rule or when people think there's an exception to the rule and then spell that out specifically, but at times. Like you said, Bob, providing it in a question actually brings more questions than it does answers. Right, because so, it can be very vague
0: at times yeah, when they're answering I, that question.
1: Right, right. So, And okay. here's, I can't imagine, I, I don't know if I would ever see the fishing guide going to a Q and a because what are you going to say? Hey, I'm in Clare <laughs> County. What about this lake? You know, they're not going to spell it out for every single lake. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, there's uh the filters that i am dealing
2: with. oh man <laughs> so so ryan is ryan is facetiming or uh i don't know i think they're on facebook Messenger or something. he's messing with the filters as he's talking to jason he Just sometimes I'm, it sometimes I'm able
1: to fight through it sometimes i can't keep my you can't
2: you cannot fight through santa claus it's just not happening man <laughs>
1: so anyway to answer your question q a or the current fishing guide I don't have an answer. I'm lame. I don't know. I, yeah. I see the benefit of both, but yeah, I th- I
2: think it is what it is. I think yeah, the I
0: mean, idea is for
1: your average
2: get the
0: gist of it, right? I think the idea is your average Joe that, all right, I'll turn it you're Still out. messing with these filters. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Well, it makes it even better when I start this
2: is, talking? This is a serious podcast right here. We're talking well, about rules and regulations. You're, you're
0: on the wrong podcast <laughs> if you want a serious podcast.
1: If you're looking for structured, informative yeah. podcasts, you might need to change the. Station. Go somewhere
0: else. I think we try
2: to throw Jason off because he works for the DNR, and we're like we don't want to put him on the spot on some of this DNR stuff. Like, I hey, why, why does the DNR do this? Why is the DNR dumb? She's <laughs> <Jesus>. like, <laughs> and he's like. Not dumb. I love the Work for them. Oh yeah, so uh, it's like I say in the army's
0: dumb. <laughs> I'm not gonna you, right. This is what it is this? Anyways, I, I think the, I, the Army are dumb. I think the idea of the Q and A is for your average Joe that doesn't read the rule book to give them uh, at least uh, an idea <laughs> of what the rules are because they are they're they're super vague. You got you have to go into the details to really understand them. And,
1: and can you remind it, us? It's Ryan, like a science. Can you remind us in the turkey regulations, can you use a live decoy?
0: No. No. You can't use a live decoy, which is ridiculous. I've been saving this turkey behind my house for <laughs> for three months, Ryan. and I can't even use them.
2: Ryan, can you reap with... Yes. A live decoy. Yes, you can. So you can carry a live <laughs> turkey yes. out there.
0: That's how I do it. I have right. a leash and I walk through. All right, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're getting out of here. <laughs>
2: this is, this is, we
0: derailed.
2: Derailed that again. Is,
0: that is the, the title of this podcast is derailed. Oh, man. Alright, so another um, new regulation, because we're getting back on topic, is spear fishing is now allowed. Not fishing with a spear but a, a, a trident <laughs> not with a
2: trident <laughs> like, where you like, are that's already legal in, like, on some lakes like and definitely read your rule book because there are only certain lakes that you can fish that you can spearfish through the ice this we're talking about like scuba diving type right. stuff underwater well, here's the deal.
1: yeah you can't use any um equipment to assist you as far as scuba gear and things like that. So or snorkel or something, right? Any, yeah, a snorkel is okay, but you can't use any equipment that would allow you to stay underwater longer than you can hold your breath.
0: Yeah, and then it's it's certain parts of Lake Michigan and Huron, right?
1: Yeah, correct, correct. It and is it, in the Great Lakes. Points. This is an inlet. Yeah, yep, and,
0: there's and there's certain boundaries. points. Yeah, there's like a lighthouse. Um, do you have those in front of you?
1: I do. I've got uh, – so Lake Huron, it says – Waters south of the southernmost pier of the Thunder Bay River, and it extends south to the mouth of the Saint Clair River, which starts at the Fort Gratiot Light. And I mean, there's other that's majority of Lake
0: print. Huron. I mean, that's all the way up to from Alpena all the way down to yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and there's Saint Clair, like we've said. There's there's fine print. This isn't just a free for all. Right. There's things you know.
0: You're I'm not going, going underwater people. in two weeks, and I'm going to start shooting things. <laughs> you're well, 100 never going to find me doing this. That like is <laughs> cold, yeah. and uh,
2: even right. in a wetsuit. I don't know, but I I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched. I think I just watched like recently a couple of meat-eater meat meat, yeah episodes they, they do where it in Hawaii. It looks, yeah, in it Hawaii, looks cool. absolutely. You know, but um, yeah, and it, and it does look like a a ton of fun because it's it's kind of a combination of, a combination of uh fishing and hunting yeah. but uh on the great lakes you know lake Huron's fairly clear too where yeah. I think that you know
0: it might be fruitful like you probably Lake Michigan would be a lot cool. of fish What 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 are the boundaries on Lake Michigan? Um
1: it's only you can only do it south of the southernmost pier at Grand Haven <laughs> So Grand Haven is actually I would call Grand Haven in the southern part of Lake Michigan, so there's a much smaller section of the lake. (laughs) The struggle is real, let me tell you.
0: (laughs) Um it's one of those. Yeah, podcasts. so this
1: those, is that
0: podcast. This is that podcast. I'm, let's be honest, everybody's tuned off right now. You shut <laughs> this. You shut this off ten minutes ago. I, I totally get it. Yeah, we're talking to ourselves. Yeah. Nobody's listening to this podcast right uh, now. I'm cool with it. Yeah, so we're just, not, we're not just really. chatting. Yeah, we're I just, I'm going to I'm gonna keep recording though. it for our reference, but nobody's listening to us at this point, right? I like. <laughs> I like that you got your
1: bifocals on. <laughs> Oh, I am I am sweating <laughs> and crying from laughing.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So spear fishing—that's cool. You want to do it? Read the rules. Um, those are the main new ones. There's tons of new regulations, but they're really specific to certain lakes and something about whitefish and Cisco and whatever. So. We're not going to go into that, but just remember, you're fishing a new body. Really, whether you're fishing a new body of water or not, just check the rule book. I mean, it's all online. You don't have to get a print copy anymore. And, uh, But, yeah, check it. So uh, a couple other rules I wanted to just kind of talk about. So April 30th is the opener for the Saginaw River, correct, Jason? Yes, that's correct. So inland, I can't fish it right now. <laughs> That's you the can, 30th well, here's of April, the deal. right? You
1: can fish in the Saginaw River, but you cannot be targeting yellow. Uh, you cannot be targeting walleye. So there are guys that are fishing for yellow perch. There's some gear restrictions and things. So again, uh, we can't stress it enough. Although it's a fairly lengthy book, it's worth double checking the systems that you know you're going to fish, the same place that you've been going to make sure nothing's changed, but also new places that you're going to go. I would really uh, harp on reading the rule book and if you have questions there's points of contact in there too to help you interpret things because it can be confusing we don't want to lead anyone astray so
2: what about lasers <laughs> I, think we talk, I think we should talk about <laughs> we should talk about fishermen with laser beams coming out of their eyes <laughs> Oh my god! I, we I, might I can't
1: we might me. lose our we might lose our whole viewership right. episode four our No
0: more effects. Oh, my god. that was a good one though.
2: That was a laser eyes, <laughs> like where? Did,
1: Bob, you, ought you see when this guy sad. puts on his like big nose and five head. Oh, Go. oh my god! I I saw, think that's I, my favorite. Film. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, well, I'm watching. I'm watching this whole thing. You oh know, good, like, good. What's wrong with these I guys? I'm over them. here ready to talk about fishing and some serious podcasts fishing stuff and they're <laughs> laser eyes and
0: in five heads and all kinds of stuff so right now you can fish saginaw bay april 30th you can fish saginaw river right
1: yep saginaw river and uh some other tributaries and things it all opens and last the, saturday april inland walleye open in the lower peninsula
0: and the limit the limit size and quantity for both are the same
1: um saginaw river again in the rule book there's a boundary on the saginaw river from that bridge downstream saginaw river into saginaw bay eight fish 13 inch minimum upstream of that boundary some of the big tributaries like i've mentioned the titubawassee is where i fish uh on that opener up upstream of the bridge five fish 15 inch minimum so
0: that can't get confusing
1: at least there's a boundary, a real, line, I mean, you know, an actual, I can show you the bridge where it changes as opposed to an imaginary boundary across the how, water. That so you're sees. drifting down
0: this river. How, how does the CO know where you okay, caught so, that?
1: Yep. So here's, here's what it is. When you go fishing, let's say you put in, let's say the, the launch that you come out of is 5 and 15 inches. But you go and you fish in an area that allows you to take 8 and 13. Once you get your limit, you cannot be fishing with those fish in your live well in the 5 and 15 area. Once you come into that area, you cannot be fishing. So guys cut their jigs off, they set their rods down, and they drive straight back to the launch, and they get on the trailer, and they go. Just like if you went across to Canada on the Detroit River. So it, it it is confusing though. It's confusing and it's there's a part in there that discusses it, but um yeah, you gotta watch that stuff. Sounds,
2: yeah, yeah
0: it sounds terrible.
2: That's and and that's <laughs> kinda of the point of us talking about that today is just making sure that you read your rule book, you know, you know, where you're at and what you're targeting and what your limit is. That way you're not getting that, you know, I don't I don't even know what the ticket is. Knock on wood. It's I haven't I haven't it's not been worth it. <laughs> I haven't been ticketed yet, but um yeah, it's definitely not worth it or losing fishing privileges and things like that. So,
0: yeah.
2: Um just make sure you know what you're you know what you're targeting, how many you have in the live well and where you're at.
0: It's all important stuff. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, what else? We got uh, bass season opens up Memorial Day weekend, which is May 28th. Um, But for St. Clair, it's the third Saturday in June, which is traditional. But um, that's obviously three weeks later on St. Clair. So that's bass to keep. Possession, yes. Possession, yes. You can catch them. It's it's catch and release all year long, so you can target them. You just can't keep any um, until, um, well, it's open all year long for the Great Lakes. Um, Um, But for Inland Lakes, it's uh, May 28th. And then uh, third Saturday in June in Lake St. Clair, which St. Clair is, obviously, that's, it's huge for for smallies. I mean, I don't know a ton of people that keep bass. I don't mind eating them. I've had them. I've, I, I mean, it's no walleye. It's no northern pike. but
1: I've never had bass, actually. I've never, never ate bass. I've never ate bass
0: nope. either. You have. I didn't tell I'm, you it was bass. <laughs> I've, I've never, <laughs> I've I've never filleted bass. Like, I, really? I mean, I'm sure. So my wife was and just I went like a walleye or something. My wife and I went up north and we caught a limit one night and it was like July or something like that and filleted them up and they're good. I mean, yeah, I know I'm a lot sure, of people who don't I'm like sure them. They they, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's no northern, just no walleye. But I think they're good. I mean, ain't no okay, shame round in, table. Ain't no shame round in table. my game. You put enough drakes on anything. Yeet Yeet ye. round,
1: round table favorite <laughs> fish to eat.
0: Round table favorite okay, fish to eat. You brought it up, you start. You go. Yellow perch. Yellow ye. perch. Ooh. When you got a fillet 25 of those bastards. <laughs> I'm going to better go hope one.
1: there's some good size ones. Yeah. It's not
0: those dinks from Kent Lake. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is controversial
2: and, and and some people will tell me I'm crazy, but I'm going to go northern pike all day. All
0: day. You eat the same way. But yeah. so we grew up on eating northern pike. And, Jason, didn't you say you never had northern pike before you came up on our trip?
1: That's correct. I'd never had it before going up with you guys. Um, and we had it a couple of times, I think. Either a couple of times where we kept them, a couple of, kept them from a couple of days and filleted them and stuff. Anyway, we had pike, and it was excellent. And the the way that you guys fillet them is an art, and I really – like to learn that because it was really really good i would say yellow perch edges out the top of the leaderboard for me but then i've got walleye and pike i mean they are they're neck and neck yeah as i mean far they're, as
0: they're the all co- good for sure but pike is to me again we grew up on it don't get me wrong walleye is great i do love eating walleye but <clears throat> i just to me i've i just i've always liked pike better and yep. you've got to fillet it a certain way you've got to be able to get that y bone out yep and uh we've learned that over the years of Actually, we had uh, Lynn and Lee taught yeah. us, right? We had a couple couple girls teach us how to do it because they learned from people on this trip, and now they're pros. We get yeah. a mess of fish; they uh, <laughs> they're the ones first ones at oh, the man. table. I have been yeah.
2: yelled at. I've been yelled at mm-hmm. from Lynn, in, in particular, where I was. You know, she taught me how to uh, how to fillet a northern and. And I'd start filleting it, and I'm butchering this thing and weaving all kinds of meat on it and stuff like that. And she would just lose her mind and get mad about the uh, how much meat I was weaving on it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. But, yeah, it, like you said, it's definitely an art. And uh, it's it's not terribly difficult to do once you learn it. And, um, you know, we you know, there's quite a bit of prep after you, you, know, you pull the fillets off. You get a ton. Even off of just a 24-inch northern pike, you get a lot of meat off of it. and uh you know as we know and we'll get into a little bit here about northerns and uh in the spring like you get a you know they're pretty fat and you get a ton of meat off of them
0: and what i think we we normally we can make a meal out of one fish or two i I remember a couple years ago when we were up there we decided we wanted fish for dinner one night and we filleted up two pike and uh yeah we didn't need but half one (laughs)
2: right yeah it was a a ton of fish and it's super you know it's flaky it's it's light it's not super fishy and uh you know as long as you can avoid the bones and there's a way to do that there's a way to flam you know there's tons of tons of videos out there that you can like learn how to do it on your own but it really takes getting in there and and figuring that out for yourself it probably man i I probably mangled a few of
0: them it, oh, you yeah, know, to begin that's a, with. That's how you learn, though, right? Yeah, you just you, practice. But, I mean, and you do lose a little bit of meat uh, because it's just impossible to get all the meat out because of that Y bone. But I think that's what's turned people away from pie so much because... That, you know, usually if you just fillet it like normal, you can't even eat a piece of it. I, I've I've heard of that. I've heard of people like trying to flame like a walleye. Yeah,
2: and I'm like, I, oh man, that, that would be nothing but bones. Yeah, yeah like that's crazy. And yeah. uh, there's a certain way that you do it. And, and I mean, I I don't know. We can probably break that down, and I can talk about it or whatever. You Some, know, whatever. Somebody was telling me,
0: but, I don't remember who it was, but they were telling me uh, that they pickle their pike. I was going to bring that up. That's like um, a
2: northern thing. That's like a Wisconsin and northern Michigan thing.
0: Yeah, they're saying that they they pickle their pike and then the whatever brine that they put together over time it completely dissolves the bones.
1: So the person I know oh, through the through winter they will tip up fish and this and that and through winter they'll catch some pike, keep pike. They don't have the same fillet method as you guys that I've seen, but anyway, they will go through fillet their pike They'll cut out that Y-bone strip, but they don't worry about if they're a little bit wasteful. And it's because yeah. they take those strips, they just keep saving up that pile of those strips with the Y bones. Then they will pickle that meat. And I've had that meat pickled and it dissolves the bones. Yeah. So so when you are filleting them, you don't have to worry like, oh, I'm I'm missing some meat and right. I'm, I'm being a little bit wasteful. Now you're throwing it into another recipe. There you go. Yeah,
0: that's something I would definitely like to try.
1: No Jesus. That one echoed a little bit in it my head. Like
0: my ears are ringing. Sorry listeners. But too well, maybe bad. you ought
1: to, maybe you ought to start uh giving a warning You might wanna turn that radio I down, how we down do a little on the
0: way. No. No. The only warning you get is when I say get the net, get the net.
2: <laughs> Next thing that's coming. Snort.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, pickling is definitely something I want to do. Um but yeah, pike would be would i um, would definitely be ours but walleye for sure is good and i haven't had perch in a long time um i don't fish for them though because i use them as bait but (laughs) yeah to each his own because i'm sure you got a mess of 25 perch i mean that that's a lot of food so with northerns you're gonna get you
2: get Six fillets off of a, a northern, technically, right? by the time you break it down, right? You get the backstrap, which breaks down into two different single backstraps, which are nice; they're tender. And then you have each side fillet, but the tail fillet on a on a um, on a northern, to me, like I can tell, like you know, because well, we'll cut them up, you know, I'll, I'll break them down, and then we'll clean them up, and and then we normally, you know, we'll fry them or something. We we always do a big fish fry and those kind of things, but um. You know the that tail piece. I I know where it's at, and I'm I'm I'll be like searching through the basket of uh you know fried fish there and look for that tail piece. And when I find the tail piece, man, that's money right there.
0: That like, tail piece is definitely the best piece
2: because there's like, zero chance of any yeah, bones, and it's like the cheeks on a walleye or something. Yeah, yeah buddy. Did you
1: guys cut the cheeks out of walleye?
2: I've yeah, I've done it, and it's it's a pain and it's not it's not a pain it's not really hard to do but you don't get much out of it and i've done it just to try it but it oh my god
1: (laughs) i've taken i've taken a lot of heat from people when i went to school over in wisconsin and and at different places I've worked, a lot of people were very frustrated that I don't cut the cheeks out of walleye. But, well, you if you know, don't like get a you, big
0: walleye, I mean, it's yeah. bound to be positive On a 15-inch walleye,
2: it's kind of tough. You're not getting a whole lot out of it. I've
1: heard of people cutting off the – they call them walleye wings. Have you heard uh, of that? No. So – they will take, you know, you got your walleye, and up front you've got on the sides are the pec fins, and then on the bottom are the pelvic fins. They'll cut the pelvic fin chunk out, and they'll deep fry that, and then there's a little piece of meat in there. But to me, I when I fillet a walleye, 15-incher, 17-incher, 20-incher, I look at these two beautiful fillets, and I look at two specks of meat for the cheeks, and I look at this stupid... Walleye
2: wing, and I say no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, teach his own. I've I've known guys that you know eat all the organs out of a whitetail. You know, it's teach his own. Whatever you're into, to your heart, Dear heart. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I've yeah, and uh, heart and
1: liver. I've had. It, it's it's of different. Other. Yeah,
2: yeah. Both the liver and Fried, the heart are, are different. It's a, it's much. You Fried know, especially actually pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I very. Like it. You know, and venison can already be gamey, depending on you know
0: where you shoot it. If you served a fried heart to somebody and you didn't tell them what it was, like they would never know. Be, oh, it's venison. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Really? Yeah, it's
2: it. It, like, it can, it can be really chewy. You. Yeah, it can oh, be. I never thought it was chewy. Oh, hey, I've had always, had always I've always thought it was good, and every time I've ever had it, it's always been prepared, and you know, like you're you kind of fry it and with some onions and butter and stuff like that and I've anyway. made
1: uh, mm. I've made it into tacos before really yeah, yeah. just a way to prepare it
2: kill me she'd never
0: she'd never, never know
2: <laughs> she would know she that would know they, they won't know <laughs> like she if my, if my wife is very skeptical of any kind of venison burger she had venison burger one time uh, it had like I think it was spaghetti or something she went and she was a kid and went over to her uh you know she went over to our cousin's house and had um, you know, um spaghetti made with venison burger and it made her sick. And after that point she like she won't touch venison burger in any kind of like normal meal like tacos or you know <laughs> or spaghetti or something like that and it's
0: like I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> well, while we're talking about pike, so statewide regulations is generally two a day over 24 inches but there are tons as i said earlier there's tons of regulations there's a couple different where you can keep five or five fish under 24 inches or one that's over 24 and then there's some that have a slot limit where you can keep i think it's two between 24 and 30 inches that's all listed in the rule book it's uh more reason that it's super important that any body of water, if you're fishing for pike and, and, and muskie, you've gotta be reading that book. But on the Saint Clair and St. Clair River and Detroit River, which i you know, St. Clair, I guess I've never targeted pike, but we've caught some really nice pike. I think Bobby Loss's biggest pike. <laughs>
2: That's a story in itself. And uh well, if
0: we, you wanna get into well, we'll, I can we'll tell it. I can <laughs> tell that story. We'll get into it. Um but the, the limit on St. is actually five a day over 24 inches. So you can really put all the feedback on Lake Sinclair.
1: I think so. I'm going to go down there and hit my five and get some practice in. Right. Of filleting them because I, I probably need more than two to get good at it.
0: Well, if you, you get five fish, you'll get enough meat out of one mangled up.
1: <laughs> I need five fish because my fillet skills are so bad that it takes five <laughs> to get a pile big enough to eat
2: i'll teach I'll teach you how to do it man like next time we we fish we'll you know we catch a, a couple keeper northern so uh it, it's super easy man it's and, and super it, I easy. will put
1: another plug in and say that I had never had northern and when I had it with you guys, it was excellent and I would rate it right up there with walleye and in in reality walleye Pike perch, I like them all.
0: And we didn't do anything special. Like when we when you had it was probably when we had our fish fry up north. It was, and yep. and we literally were just just fr- probably in Drake's or yep. we, I know we've yeah. some shore was- lunch before. Like it's nothing special, just deep fried. Yeah we, um, yeah, we do like a hot batch and we do a you know a normal batch. too. Yeah. but but yeah, yeah, I mean to me, it's always the meat on a pike has always been a little bit. I guess, firmer than walleye. Like, you bite into it, it's nice and and flaky. But, yeah, whatever. That's me. So, go ahead and tell the pike story. I know you're just dying over there to tell the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is another gambler story. Uh, yeah, I think we were on the game. I know we were on the, yeah, we we the game. We were on the
2: gambler, yep. And uh, so, we were out on St. Clair in Anchor Bay. And early season, I think think and because uh, we was like, like right after yeah the, we were we were in real fun i think yeah i think r- it might have been the opener or shortly after yeah. like beginning of june and uh we we're in anchor bay we we're fairly shallow you know four feet of water or so and uh and uh i was dragging um i was throwing some bucktails you know and i'm throwing a i'm throwing
0: a, a bait that i call the chicken it wasn't the bucktail it was a bait it was the it was the uh the super chicken or something yeah super chicken oh, no no that's that's a, a
2: bucktail that's it was a a, a double eight bucktail oh yeah
0: you're right you're uh, right you're a blue fox bucktail that
2: i call the chicken because when it go when it flows through the water it's like a you know it's got like this i don't know like Mar- a marabou. Mar- marabou type uh tail on it and it looks like it's like a chicken that <laughs> is wounded going through the water it's it's a pretty it's got a cool look to it and but anyway i'm i'm cranking this thing through and i'm 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 cranking it slow and giving it some you know there was some erratic action and 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 all of a sudden it was like you know what i'm gonna speed it up i'm gonna i'm gonna change my cadence here because that was the uh you know like it we just it didn't have any many follows or something like that and all of a sudden you know like i, I cast it out there and i start ripping that thing through the water and uh boom i, I I connect with something and I'm fighting it and it's heavy and I'm like alright this is a good fish and I'm like 90% sure in my head that it's musky so I tell you know I'm I'm like fighting this thing and I tell Ryan get the net you know, and uh he goes ass over tea kettle. He's on the back of the boat, so he's sitting I think he was sitting in the chair or something, and like you you got up and as you got up you fell. It was a bass boat, so he like fell, like tripped stepping down into the seat down to the main floor of the boat, fell and just like. Eat shit like <laughs> straight <laughs> up flat on the floor of the boat and I'm looking at him like bro what are you doing man and I got the in at that point I got the fish next to the boat and I can see it it's a pike and I thought it was a muskie because it was that heavy as I was cranking it in but as I get it close to the boat I see it's a pike and I I shit you not I shit you not people this was a
0: this was probably a 40 inch pike I I would say I've seen seen a lot of pike in my day we've caught a ton of them we caught some you know mid to high 30s inch pike and this was easily a forty-inch pike, the biggest pike I've, I've ever seen in the water. Yeah, it, it was a very large pike, and, and I would say probably the, the largest pike that I've ever, oh, yeah. I've ever
2: seen or ever hooked up with. I, and I have no had, doubt it was forty inches. And I had this fish next to the boat, like next to the boat. It's like just kind of, kind of chilling, like kind of flaring his gills. And Ryan's on the floor, <laughs> You're like trying to get his ass up, and he, he gets up, grabs the net. and When he grabs the net, the fish. Flares once, boom, and just busts off, and he's gone. And like even then, like I, I didn't, I didn't bust his balls too much at that point. I was like, it was what it is. What it is. At least I got to see the fish. It was right next to the boat. I'll call it a catch at that point, but, you know, we definitely didn't put it in the net or, you know, get a get a good uh, measurement on the fish. But it was, it, oh, man, to this day, I still give him shit about the time he, uh, he ate shit off the back of the gambler, tripped on something, and fell flat on his face. I mean, he, like, it all happened so fast. You know, I, I fought this fish for maybe a minute yeah not not, i mean it it was was fast it it was fast and uh yeah he (laughs) definitely ate shit under the bottom of the boat and i was like you're i I think i asked you are you're right because he hit hard he's a big boy you know it it, it, it hurt hurt a lot he's like six
0: he's like six foot four and you know yeah it, it came tumbling down <laughs> well, I, it it was because I landed on the cooler. I landed on God knows what else we had down at the bottom of the boat because there's no room to walk in that thing because we had musky bags that are six feet long. Yeah, musky. Tackle I landed on a tackle went. bag and a cooler or something. Like I'm down there like hurting, and I know I got to get my ass up to net this fish. And like, <laughs> oh man, it was bad. But the terrible outdoors, man. right? I, th- I, th- I th- in
2: hindsight i think we need to start to learn how to you know and and if we ever want to video some of this stuff we need to start learning how to net how to net ourselves you know what i'm saying that'd be a good video right there you know what i'm saying like how to net ourselves that way somebody can run a camera and things like that i'm just gonna i'm just gonna reach my hand's mouth and
0: yeah just 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 lip it yeah lip it like a bass just
1: boat flip it
0: yeah exactly i have a lot of i'm using a hundred pound braid right like anchor rope
2: yeah i have a bunch of buddies that go up to canada every year and they and they always talk about you know their fly-ins and stuff like that and they uh they never net they don't take a net with them they hand land everything they do and i'm like you're crazy man like they're they're catching 40 plus inch pike up there Mm -hmm. and, and they're hand landing everything they just fight them until the fish
0: is pretty
2: much you know
0: well, they're catching so tuck, many, like t- catching a 40-inch out, fish up there. reach down and grab the damn thing, and I'm like, you all crazy, man. Catching a 40-inch fish up there, though, is like
2: catching a 24-inch fish right. here. We net like- we everything. It could be a 12-inch bass, and we're going to get yeah. the net out for it. It's just kind of a yep. standard procedure we do. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, well, I think that was fun, boys. It was, it was a lot of nonsense. Where are we at? How long we've we been doing this shit? Uh, over an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had thirty Different. thirty minutes of nonsense. Do we want to? Do we want to talk about any kind of instead of rules? You want to talk about some some of our tactics? What do we want to do? We can talk some pike fishing tactics. We've been talking about pike. That seems to be the topic of this show. Yeah. So we, pike's not technically open right now. Um, opens up the last Saturday in April, which is the 30th, for inland lakes. Great Lakes, you can still fish them. Here in Michigan, yeah. But, I mean, we'll be probably this week, I think Tuesday, I'm going to be getting out on the water. And, I mean, I'm going to be throwing spinner baits, throwing for bass, but you know you're going to catch a pike. Not specifically targeting them, but it's going to happen. Um, but that last Saturday in April, was some tactics. Last year, we killed them on uh, uh, X wraps, twitch baits which was really the first year that I got into them. I've kind of always had them, but I've never worked them. And man, I killed them, whether it was up north or down here, about every lake. Yeah. I mean, X-Rapfs were, were, were my go-to. I think,
2: I think when you're talking, you know, ice out, you're talking, you know, right after ice out, pike spawn. You know, so they're going shallow. So you want to target shallow, you know, at that time of year, end of April, beginning of May, I will – I'll fish in a foot of water because that's where you're going to find them. I've caught, you know, a thirty-plus inch fight pike in, um, you know, a foot of water at that time of year and it's not that they're still on the spawn is that they're kind of they start to they start to stage out after the spawn and kind of i don't know if they're protecting spawn or what they're doing there i'm not a fish biologist like one of these guys here but um i assume that they're starting to to move out into those shallower bays and that's kind of the way that we fish anyway like we love to target shallow water we love to get up in the structure and and get up in the get up in the hula up in the up in the stumps stumps. tight the structure right is i think is key yeah, definitely for early season pipe, we want to be shallow. So we're always going to go. You know, we're going to be fishing something that's going to be five and less feet of water, and or six feet less feet of water. Shit, but I'm going less than that. Yeah. And last year um, I was killing them in about two feet of water, and I I really think that a lot of our success, uh, you know, as far as pike, we love to target pike. That, that's that's you know, some people can't stand pike. They look at them as a nuisance in their lake and they eat all their panfish and all these other things. But I think they're one, they're great fish to eat. Two, they're great, they're super aggressive fish. So when they hit, you know it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, uh, you know, obviously spoons are a huge thing for Pike. So, you know, I I think we have every color of Daredevil in one ounce Daredevil from, uh, I don't know, that, you know, not to plug Daredevil as a brand, but spoons. In particular, I, I
0: think one year we, you know, no, we, we got to from- plug Daredevil because I've used a lot of spoons and and Daredevil is the key. Now there are times where the cheap Walmart spoons have worked, but to me it's just the action of Daredevils has, right. been, has been key compared to. I mean, I've got little Cleos and stuff, and I've got some Cabela's, you know, Canadian spoons, and I've never done as well as I do with Daredevils. Right? They're just they swim a little bit differently when you're casting them. That I've always thought, at least To me, it's just it, it makes a big difference. And I've always found that the key to pike is is
2: that triggers. Figuring out how to how to gain that uh, that how to trigger them, and whether that be speeding up your retrieve, pausing it, you know, using like you know like you were talking to you were just talking about the the what was it or the uh, um, the X wraps. Right, so X wraps a jerk bait made by uh, Rapala and or Rapala, or however you pronounce you it. We call but it Rapala. I in call this room. Rapalas in this room, but Jason, what do you call it? Same, Rapala. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, we use X wraps, and you know, it's it's kind of a suspending bait and something that you is super easy to work. But you know, uh, the pause is huge on Pike. You know, giving them putting it in front of their face, they're going to follow it. They're going to trigger in on it and then giving them that opportunity to eat. And as soon as you do that, and it's like that with any bait, whether that be a spinner bait, a chatter bait, or a, you know, a, a an x wrap, you're going to give them that opportunity to eat it and when they and as soon as you do, they're going to hit it. Yeah. You know,
0: we can we can do a whole damn podcast on uh, chatter baits alone. Um, you I, know, I think pike fishing in general is going to be its own podcast soon. <laughs> Because it's the just... The same with muskie, yeah. I mean, there's so much when it comes to pike fishing, different tactics, especially spring, because that's... Spring is kind of prime time for pike. Fall, too, they're very similar to musky, but different in, in a lot of ways, too. But... Um, so my keys, my keys are go shallow. Go shallow or go home.
2: Um, you don't necessarily... You don't have to go huge on your baits. Uh, generally speaking, downsize on the baits. I wouldn't go over an ounce on... Yeah, I wouldn't go over an ounce on a uh, on a spoon as far as like a daredevil is concerned, but you know uh, three eighths ounce spinner bait, um, you know any any kind of spinner bait chatter bait is about the same kind of weight, and and change that action up a little bit. You know, burn it fast, burn it. You know, take it in slow. Change that action. Give it a pause. Things like that. Those are the kind of things that pike trigger in on. And they definitely, um, you know, they're aggressive. So in some cases, they're they're territorial where they're, you know, they're protecting their spawn or whatever they're doing. And they'll eat when they're not hungry. I filleted. You know, I have filleted a, a thirty-inch pike that had a bluegill in its guts. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it wasn't hungry. It, it ate that bait because it was in its way. You yeah. know, so that—that's kind of the thing for pike is making sure you're just putting it out there. And, and we speed fish, so we're we're out there. We're you know we're putting something fast in front of them. You know, and doing it often,
0: and that that increases our our ability to hook up with pike. Well, we're, well, we're fishing fast. We're not always reeling fast i mean we're, right. we're moving the boat fast but sometimes it's we're moving through a an area through a bay or something pretty quickly to try to find some fish once we find some fish and we might circle back around and hit them again but going back to what you said about action i think that's huge because i can think of a time last year where it was one day where man i couldn't get a bite to save my life i threw every color of every lure that i had and just nothing was biting and i was like hell i'm gonna throw a Mep spinner on with the tried and true MEP spinner and it was a big one. It was like a double double hook um, just number five MEP spinner and I started burning that thing in in like two feet of water, bringing it right below the surface. And I bet I caught six fish in like an hour and a half. And it was just burning that those blades and I didn't give that fish any time to react. That's what I what I needed. And that was like the last day of of the fish and there's a storm rolled in and I'm like, damn it, why didn't I do that all day long? Why didn't I think Burning it. I kept throwing. I was throwing twitch baits. I was throwing spinner baits. And, like, not really changing the speed. The speed was kind of staying the same no matter what I was throwing. Right. But burning it, getting a reaction was, was key. But there's times where it's the opposite. Slow rolling it. Just slow rolling the spinner bait. Letting it bounce off that structure. Or even popping it. There's a lot of times on the spinner bait where I'm, I'm, I'm reeling it and I'll just kind of stop it. And give it a couple pops so it kind of twitches through the water. And then keep bringing it, working it real slow. It's it, it, it's weird, you know. Right, and I, I love to do that with spoons too. And spoons are underrated.
2: We have a we have some buddies that that we fish with that. Um, you Know and they they catch a ton of pike, they catch a ton of bass. They're, and, yeah, they're and, big pike fishermen. And we're gonna have them on the podcast for sure because they are some, some of the best fishermen I know. But uh, they they don't fish with spoons, they've never fished with a, a daredevil. And you know, we brought them up last year on the uh, you know, the annual pike fest up at you know, early season pike fest up in northern Michigan, and uh. You know, we we they're like, "What are you catching, mom? What do you catch, mom?" And I, was, I said, "Daredevil, man, red wine daredevil. <laughs> you can't go wrong with it," and uh, and they hung up with a lot of fish up there doing that. But uh, they they just they one they didn't know. I'm Not that they didn't know how to fish with them, but they were like, they just never did it before. And I think it's just an underrated way to fish, like a a spoon. Watch it go through the water. It's got a really erratic action and looks like something that is just beat up. Something that is a a wounded bait fish, which is exactly what you're trying to imitate, right? What about you, Jason? I mean, as far as your pike success, anything out there?
1: So, one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, in my experience, I when it comes to colors i tend to really like fire tiger a lot but i've had a lot of success on white white spinner bait and oftentimes i'll try to find the biggest white tube jig that i can and i'll throw that along drop-offs and work that back and have a lot of success on white colored baits for pike um what about you guys color wise where do you of course you got the Tried and true red and white daredevil, but are there some colors that you have maybe more confidence in?
0: Th- tried and true red <laughs>
2: and white daredevil, <laughs> right? I think I think water clarity. You know, obviously, you know your weather conditions play a huge. Um, they play a huge part in how you're going to fish that day, what colors you're going to use. But water clarity is, is super important as well. You know, some of the places that we fish are super stained, Uh, you know, they're chocolate milk and, and, or, and, or they're that, um, you know, that really just stained water or versus a clear water. So you want to, what, you know, the biggest thing is trying to figure out how, how can these fish notice this? And, And if it's a super clear water, You know, the fish eyesight, in my opinion, I'm not a biologist. Again, I know a guy, but I'm not a biologist. Um, In in my opinion, fish eyesight is good enough to the point where they can discern whether something is, you know, not normal or versus something that is normal. So fish clarity, like you go out to St. Clair, where St. Clair is super, super clear water. I would, on on St. Clair, I normally fish, you know, something that is more natural, a natural looking color, anywhere from in in that black to white spectrum. And and I don't go really bright in that kind of water. But, you know, up in northern Michigan, where I'm fishing in chocolate milk, the brighter, the better. So, and again, sometimes it's a match a hatch type situation where you want to, you know, what, all right, what are they eating right now? If it's, you know, early season, you know, what else is spawning to the point where, you know, you know that pike are going to be trying to feed on shad or they're going to be trying to feed on bullheads or whatever it might be, or, you know, muskie. I think muskie in particular, when I'm thinking about this, is that, you know, uh, the prime forage for a muskie is going to be, you know, in northern waters is going to be suckers, bullheads, things like that. So I go, Dark I'm gonna go with a black, you know, whatever a black, black and you know, uh, silver spinner, you know, or a black and silver uh, bucktail or something like that. Or I'm gonna, you know, if I'm throwing rubber, I'm gonna throw a, you know a, a black bulldog with a with the orange tail or something like that, in order to try to mimic what it is that they their preferred forage might be in that particular area. But I, I definitely taking into consideration the the weather, you know a bright day, right? So if it's a bright day, do I want to use darker colors or lighter colors? I really want to make my my baits stand out inside that stained water. So what can I do in order to make that happen if it's a bright day? A, a you know, a, a a brighter blade or a, or a a chrome blade might work better than say a you know like a, a gold blade or something like that so i try to you know when i play around with it a little bit and i don't want to be one of those guys we've also we've all watched you know at least me and ryan have watched a lot of these musky episodes when they're like you know if you you know on a bright day you use uh on a bright day use a a natural looking lure and if that doesn't work then use a bright lure and you're like <laughs> you just contradicted yourself completely <laughs> like what do I use on this day yeah. yeah i think a lot of people want to know this but this is something you have to a little bit you have to play with a little bit right but to to a certain extent i've had great success on a bright day with fire tiger you know what i'm saying and it, it, i think water clarity is huge and plays a huge part in that so take that into consideration when you're con- when you're targeting pike predatory fish like you know, like a pike or a muskie. And I would definitely, on a, in a stained water, I'm going for loud and I'm going for bright, you know. And then on, you know, in clearer waters, I'm going for something a little less subtle, you know. I'm going for something that's going to be a little bit more natural. I might go with a, um, you know, some kind of swim bait or something like that that looks, you know, that's not going to be easily, you know, misconstrued as, you know, that's a bright-ass, you know, spinner flying yeah. through the air, or whatever, or flying through the water. So
0: that that's my take on it. Well, I would uh, <clears throat> piggyback off of the the water clarity. To me, is is infinitely more important than than probably anything. So thinking about the lake that you know we fish up north, Jason, you've been there. Yeah. Um, it's about sixteen hundred acres, and there is a distinct line where one section of that river water watershed is chocolate milk it it's dirty um i wouldn't even call it murky it is just just dirty no matter what no matter what time of day time of year it's just dirty it's never really clear and then you round the corner to the other side of the lake where it opens up and it's it's not crystal clear by any means but i can see four feet down and it's I would consider it kind of murky it's still a brownish stain but i can see the bottom again four or five feet of water where the other side i i can barely see my lure coming through right so to me when i'm in that dirty water the presentation of the bait is 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 key so if i'm using a white or anything i want something that's going to stand out because odds are they're not going to see the damn thing and yeah they're going to feel with their lateral line but if I'm throwing a spinnerbait, generally in that chocolate milk, I'm throwing a, a painted blade, not a chrome or a flash, because from what I've seen, it doesn't stand out as much as like if I'm throwing, I've got a couple fire tiger spinnerbaits, that the blade instead of being a chrome or or, or a gold or anything like that, it's just painted fire tiger. And I've caught more fish on that, on that side of the lake, where if I throw that in that clear water... I don't even get followed. I I get nothing. And then but that the other side of the lake, white spinnerbait, going back to what you said, like that is money. That year I took you up there, I think that's what you threw ninety percent of the time was a white spinnerbait, <laughs> yeah. right? But you were catching yep. them, right? And so that white spinnerbait on that side of the lake is huge. You go to the other side of the lake where it's dirty. I honestly I don't know if I've ever caught a, a fish on a white spinnerbait on that side of the lake. It's the same waterway. It might be what four or five hundred yards apart of, of areas we're fishing but it's significant in in the production of that particular lure but you go into a bright like i said fire tiger the brightest thing bright orange is is really really huge um with those painted blades and i've done much better with that in the real dirty water so to me it's water clarity um and, and and yeah the you know a bright sunny day to me wind is is my best thing like on a, on those flat days where that water is you have no wind and that light shining right through those are about the worst days um because you need that you need those waves those waves breaking up the light coming through completely changes everything um there's there's a lot of factors in it like i said we'll do a whole podcast on On pike fishing, but um, that's kind of my two cents when it comes to uh, pike colors, I guess. (laughs) But I've caught them on every every color out there. Right? Well, I say I say that, and then you know I I can catch them in that same dirty water. I've caught them on black smitter baits. One year, uh, we caught them on what the the Midnight Gambler, the Midnight, yeah, the Midnight Special, or something. Yeah, the something, Midnight yeah. Special. I don't know what I called the Gambler. We always, I think it was cause uh, we, probably cause because we were in the Gambler. But the yeah, gambler, it's a yeah. it's the the Strike King spinner bait that's got a rattle in it, and we caught a ton of, of fish on that in that dirty water, and that was the go to lure. We went to Walmart that night and bought everything they had. <laughs> Every year it's a little bit different. I mean, some years it's five of diamonds. Some years yeah. it's uh, red and white. Some years yeah. it's just straight white spinnerbaits. It, it contradicts you know, what it, I just said about bright, bright stuff. So, I mean, you really you got to try everything until you fee- see what, what they're hitting on, right? honestly.
2: Right. But, and, and, and sometimes it doesn't seem like there's a rhyme or reason to it, like why no. they're hitting no. more on one thing or another. Um, and then you, but you have to go through all those steps. I, I can go through like I have a whole box that's just dedicated to spoons, right? And if you were to look at my spoons, you'll see which ones have been eaten and which ones haven't. You know, because they are, you know, they are chewed up. And uh, I would say, you know, for some of the waters that we fish, red and white are just tore up. And yeah, uh, for sure. Red, red and white, five of diamonds, and the in my fire tiger spoons are just just destroyed. And it, it, it varies again, and that's one of the things that you have to pick apart when you go through the water. But those are some of the considerations that we take into effect or into account when when we hit a body of water, or when we hit you know some of our our you know normal fishing holes. All right? How do we want to pick this apart? And that goes into you know every single time, every single outing. You know, having a plan as to how you want to attack it. You know, we, we definitely don't ever throw the same thing unless they're hitting on that. And, I mean, we can, we can really dive deep into some of this stuff when it comes to, like, fishing windows, right? Because we've had those times where we'll catch, we'll catch 15 fish. In two hours, yep, and then nothing. it shuts off, and then all of a sudden there's nothing, and you're using the same tactics, the same lures, the same things, doing the same exact stuff, and it just shuts down. So I'm I'm am kind of a firm believer. Oh, somebody's dry over here. <laughs> dry. Um, I'm Marched. a firm believer. I'm a firm believer, in, um you know, in moon phases, not, not necessarily in moon phases so much as there are like there are feeding times, right? There are there are open windows to fish and if you're not fishing during those times and that can be due to pressure it can be due to moon phases if that's a thing yeah. um you that's, know that's and, like that. i think with any fish really right. Um and there's a couple apps right there's a couple apps that i've downloaded that 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 take into account the moon phases and when you should be fishing and not fishing and and i've done a little research and over the last couple years and looked at some of this stuff and and, you know, I'm like, all right, right now is the major. Right now is a major. We need to be fishing, and we'll catch fish, and it's crazy. Yeah. Or it's, it's a minor, and we might be catching fish on a minor. But in between those, and, and you know, I've I've done a little bit. Of, I've I've kind of taken a little bit of a, a, a scientific approach to it, like. All right, when do we catch these fish? And, and and kind of logging that and figuring out when do I catch fish? And I think some really avid fishermen do that. Like they actually keep a log book. You know, in some cases they actually have a book on their boat and they're going to write down when they caught that fish, what they caught it on, those kind of things. And that's important, I think. Uh, if you really, especially for guys that do it professionally, that guy or guys that are guides, you know, they're they're logging this information so that they can repeat certain patterns. Because I I I do believe that you know fish. Feed at certain times and don't because I've had it shut off and be completely dead. You know, so pre, you know, pre frontal, post frontal conditions, there's a lot of things that play into when, why, and what kind of uh, approach you need to take to
0: targeting whatever species it is you're targeting. And that goes for hunting or fishing. Yeah, I think when you're talking spring pike though, um, you know, it's shallow in its structure for me. I mean, generally you know if we're in a lake that has stumps or timber i like getting right up in there and people call me crazy because i'm throwing daredevils in there and they're like you're gonna lose them all well I'm, i might but i might tie into a big and, and that's what it's all about so that's why in, in my you know daredevil box i've got four of every color because i'm i'm throwing them you know i'm reckless i'm throwing them right in the stumps and you know what? We caught a lot of fish we in, have, in, in in some major timber like where you you don't run your boat in there. We're we're sneaking in there with a, a trolling motor, and I'm throwing yeah. We're going to throw spinner baits, but I mean we've got more on daredevils and that stuff. And we get hung up, and we lose some lures. But I mean it, they're tight to cover in the springtime, and then once you get into you know middle end of May, they start moving deeper. They'll start moving into the six foot, ten foot category um and then when you get in the heat of summer i mean they're deep they're going to be in river channels st clair they're probably going to be you know 15 20 feet down where that cooler water is pipe need cold water yeah and we've uh we've fished in some areas that you know
2: where the timber is so so bad you know that i will be on the trolling motor and i won't fish at all i'll be up but brian will be he'll be casting and i'll tell him like hey get in there start doing this and we'll have the wrong wind for you know a drift into you know going into a stump field and and i'll just be on the trolling motor you know just making sure that we're not hanging the boat up or or slamming the boat into something and and he's in there targeting where you know and that's the kind of way that's how we fish where it's like all right i i don't have time to fish because if
0: we both <laughs> hang up we're we're screwed and the best part is when you do hook, hook into one all hell yeah. breaks loose because you gotta you gotta try to net the fish and control the boat and not run into a stump. you right, and then get the net the fish out of the net. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's we're fun.
2: we're speaking pretty specifically about a certain fishing spot. I think we're both. Oh, well, there's lakes the down here that have
0: that have timber yeah. though. But I mean, you got to get into the stuff if you're if you're going to target pike in in the springtime and really most fish. I think in the springtime they're going to hold pretty tight to timber. Jason, you came in. You came up. You know. To Northern Michigan, what was your experience of pike fishing? Had you ever done that level of pike fishing that that we do?
1: Um, no, normally. So when we're away from the cabin, if we're at the cabin, we're bass fishing. We're pike fishing, but away from the cabin, uh, typically it's walleye fishing, it's trolling for salmon, some pike. Uh, we've messed around with smallmouth here and there on St. Clair sometimes, but. Going up with you guys and fishing there and saying, you know, we're going to throw stuff for Pike. We're going to work these areas to try and catch Pike. Um, It was fun. It was a good time. and, And I remember the things that you're talking about, the places that you're talking about and that stuff coming true. Like we're in this area. This is the type of stuff we're going to throw, and it's going to work.
0: I mean, but that's—I mean, we've been—we've been going up there since we were five years old. So that's well. There's
1: the thing, right? There's you know that water like the back of your hand.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, we when we were fishing it when we were five years old, like we were fishing a completely different way. But I would say we've been productively fishing it what twenty years, probably, probably, probably twenty years. We've been fishing that though you know the hard way and we i mean we had we've had years where we go up there for a week-long trip and we put over 100 fish in the boat yeah you know but we've we've i i feel if if i'm a master of any type of fishing it's spring pike fishing from yes now summer pike fishing no because i don't really target pike in the summer much because they go so deep i mean unless you're trolling for pike it's really really difficult
2: there's but, a small window, I think. There's
0: a small window yeah. to really
2: target good-sized pike, and at least in most of Michigan, I mean, you can get it up, you know, up in Canada and things like that, up, yeah. up, up in some of these glacial lakes where you can get super deep and you can target them. But you know, pike are a cold water fish, and when that water temperature comes up, it, you're hard to find. You know, yeah. a Nessie. You know, in the shallows. And it, one of the things, I, I just want to touch on this for a second. One of the things that I have taught my girls, right? I have young, I have younger teenage girls that I take on a fishing trip, or to, to this particular fishing trip up where we do, we target spring pike. And one of the things that I teach them is that don't be afraid to throw it up in the grass. Don't be afraid to throw you know, that spinner bait or, or whatever, even a spoon, something that's going to get, it's probably going to get followed up with weeds. But don't be afraid to throw it into the, the thickest of cabbage, all right? Because that's where you're going to find them. That's where they're at. They're back there. They're in ambush mode. And, and throw whatever you've got into the deepest darkest stuff you have cuz you never know what you're going to be able to find back there and if the, the worst case scenario you're pulling some weeds off your, your lure yep. and and got to get you know it's going to it gets annoying i get that i totally do and there's times where i'm like i'll try to fish somewhere where i'm not going to get fouled up that bad but i'm a firm believer in in throw it in the junk
0: cuz well, that's, that's where they're at that that's it though like that's structure fishing there's um you know I just listened to a podcast about structure fishing but there's books about structure fishing Jason probably read them but there's there's black right there's books on structure fishing and it I mean it tells you get into it hit the structure like you if you're fishing rocks bump the rocks if you're fishing in timber your lure should be hitting that timber because that's what's going to get your reaction strike so if you're in weeds, bumping those weeds is fine you know sometimes you're going to hang up sometimes you're not sometimes you're going to pull right through them but that's what's going to trigger the strike sometimes so but so going back to the summer um you know them going deep i wanted to go back to you had talked about fishing with tubes so my wife and i went up to black lake middle of summer i think it was july hot you know and didn't know what i was fishing for i actually thought about fishing for some walleye i brought color crawler, crawler harnesses all kinds of stuff and I decided I was just going to drift uh, along a, the one whole side of the lake where there's was a good drop-off just for the hell of it, right? So I throw on a Senko because um, I had just gotten into Senkos and a crankbait, and that's about all I used the entire day. But I bet I caught five or six pike on a Senko worm. Yeah. On, on a Gary Yamamoto Senko worm. Yeah. And I, The first one I caught, I'm like, holy shit, I just caught a pike on a rubber worm would have never believed it in in a million years right but then i I kept catching them but i was fishing a single worm and but it was at the bottom of that drop off and probably 20 feet of water and i yeah. you know I, I just would have never thought to fish you know rubber worm or something like that for for pike i'm generally thinking all right i'm trolling something what do i have to troll to get down 20 feet you know and that's i think that's why i haven't targeted them in the summer much because Without having you know downriggers and stuff like that, or, or dipsy divers to get your your bait down into that cooler water column, it's tough, you know. And I just don't fish that way that much. I think that we are very
2: uh, very versed in you know that ten feet and up water column, you know that 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 piece of water like I, we can pick it apart fairly easy. But you know when it comes to targeting pike or targeting muskie in deeper waters, it's, it's kind of foreign language to us a little bit. And that's something that I'd, I'd love to explore a little bit more and try to figure out, you know, where are these fish at different times of the year? You know, and, and that's normally, you know, the, the months of June, late June, July, August, those are kind of the the doldrums, right? <laughs> the, you mm-hmm. know, for a fisherman, those are like your your okay. Let's go out and do some bass fishing and do some topwater and lily pads type stuff and try to pick up a few bass here and there. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are some those those big pike haven't left. They're still mm-hmm. there. Those big muskies mm-hmm. haven't left. They're still there. So I where think, are they? Right. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's something to pick apart a little bit and to uh,
0: you know, I, I'd love to learn how to fish that a little bit more. Yeah. Speaking of topwater, I remember when you when you came up, Jason, you told me what was it the uh the Zara Spook. Wasn't that, is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah.
2: watching yeah. watching love- Jason work a Zara Spook for like 2 days and yeah. I was like, uh, like I, I was impressed, man, because it it does take you know, work in topwater like a walk the dog type lure takes a little bit of practice, and it takes a little bit of skill to do it. And to watch him just immediately, he, he pops it on real quick and throws it out there, and he's working this thing. And I'm like, I've got a couple in my box just because I know that, you know, I think what Head makes them, right? And I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. Head makes good lures, so I bought them. Never used them in my life. And I'm watching him work this thing, and I'm, I think it might have been his first cast or second cast or something. Whoa. Boom, he hooks up with a, a decent pipe. I remember where pipe. it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know exactly where it was. And I was like... I was like, "Damn, I've never worked topwater in this area. Never
0: thought of it. He's kind
2: of open water, too. He but was I, he, but, he but was I've never fished.
0: I've never targeted pike with topwater before. Yeah. I've caught them on buzzbees before going for bass, but yeah. I've never used that as a tactic for pike and I I mean, I've watched some YouTube videos where that's all those guys throw up in Canada. They're throwing topwater. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I remember that like that whole weekend you were throwing that damn Zara Spook, white spinnerbait. It's like you had a little Tupperware of six lures. That's what you came up with. He literally, he literally well, came up is, there were six lures.
1: One, one thing that's funny, and that I was going to ask you guys about this, is like that, right? Either a white spinnerbait or throwing that Zara Spook or topwater. There are times when I've said, I'm going to use this tactic or I'm going to use this lure, and I'm going to catch fish on it. I don't care how long it takes. I'm just going to keep throwing – like, you get into mindset. Yeah. Sometimes I fall into that over summer. You guys talk about working the pads for bass. And I will literally, in the morning at the cabin, I'll tie on a rubber frog, and I will go around. The lake's only 60 acres. I'll go around the entire shoreline all day, and I'll throw a rubber frog because I say, yeah, I can throw a Cinco, and I can catch a 14-incher, and I can throw this, and I can catch a 12-incher and a – I want to catch a bass in the pads on a topwater frog. And I don't care if it takes me all day and I get a couple of blow ups. I'm going to do it.
0: But sometimes so, that's, that's how you got to build up your confidence in some of your yeah, lures, right? Because yep. all these lures catch fish, right? Like these guys, they make them for a reason. But there's a lot of lures that I don't have confidence in. I know somebody else does. But I would have never, that Zara spook, I would have never bought one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just honestly wouldn't have. Yeah, I got two in my box now, and yeah. I and I yeah. was it. I don't know. It wasn't last year. Maybe the year before we were up there, and I'm throwing in like two foot of water and some timber, and sure enough, bam, a nice you know 25, 26 inch bike on on the spook. Sure. I'm like, okay, Jason, I see you, I see you. <laughs> it, it was like honestly said, sometimes
1: that's what it takes. That's what it takes is just being like. I'm I'm gonna take a yeah. Tupperware container and I'm gonna have four lures and
0: that's it. And yeah. when I've got 300 and I don't need them, it was it was, <laughs> it was watching it was watching Jason work that Zara Spook
2: right. I never I never worked top water like that, and uh, I watched him do that and I'm like I, I can replicate that. And so I I started to do it and started to try to figure out that cadence of how to you know work yeah. a, a you know walk the dog type lure. And uh, and then I I rolled that over into Muskie and and started you know and and I got super into uh, Phantom soft I'm wearing a Phantom hat right now. You are. <laughs> I am. didn't even notice it. Yeah, but I I got shameless a, plug. Shameless plug. But I got uh <laughs> I got super into working like a lot of those glide baits and things like that through watching him and how he worked his cadence doing it. And, and that's what it's all about, man. Going out and in. And, and every time I'm going out and every time I'm, I'm targeting pike or muskie or bass or whatever it might be, I'm learning something. And, and that's why I like to fish with different people and, and learn, you know, how do you do some of this stuff? I've been fishing my whole life. And I'll tell you, there's a lot that I still don't know. Oh, yeah. Every time I go out, I learn something new. So it, that's what it's all about. It's all about going out there and learning something new, going out in. It, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to experiment with something. Yep. If you got this crazy lure, I got I got a rat lure. I got a I got a, a lure. Rat. I got a rat that's I, I tell you, it's got the best action of any lure I <laughs> have in my box. Like this thing is like jointed and stuff like that. And like when it swims through the water, you're like, I'd eat that. <laughs> you yeah, know?
0: I'm gonna make so, a bold prediction. Oh uh-uh. are you wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, f- everyone- are you gonna catch up on the rat?
0: No bold prediction. Oh, 2.0. Here, two, okay. here we it, are. Write it down. You ready?
1: Yep. I got my pen.
0: I will catch a fish this year on the fucking duck. Oh. <laughs> on the
2: suicide duck. If you don't catch something on the suicide duck, I'm going to make you... Uh, okay. I, I'd like to place a wager on this because that... I'm, yeah, wager. what's the
1: flip side? Wait a second. We've, all, we've made some very bold predictions this year so far. What happens if we don't meet them? No.
2: The- oh yeah, we haven't we haven't come up with a whole, like what if? That yeah, would- yeah. What did I say? I I, I don't know. I I, I had way, have to too like many, way too many way too many
0: you said you're going to catch a fifty inch fifty inch muskie. Jason's going to catch a keeper muskie, forty two inch muskie, yep. casting forty two inch muskie. I'm going to put a. A buck on the wall. It might be a spike horn. A spiker. <laughs> if you I'm, I'm, I'm going to make uh, you mount
2: whatever buck you shoot this year.
0: That'd be one better than what I got last year. So we'll, right. we'll
1: put a little fun together, a little GoFundMe fun. We'll have folks, viewers, flip a few bucks in, <laughs> and then come fall, you'll have the money. And you heard it, Bob. Any buck you shoot is going to be headed to the taxidermist. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> Do you think I'm joking? He's
2: going to have some gnarly three-point that's just, just you know hanging on his wall. I'm, I'm going for that devil's stone wall. I, th- yeah. I hope it's a
0: unicorn. Yes. Just, yeah, yeah, something yep. ridiculous. Yep. So that's my bold prediction, 2.0, is I'm going to catch a fish on the duck. All right. So I'm, I'm going to so, think about this a little bit. Hey. Hey, listeners out there, if
2: you're listening right now and you've got a – we've made some bold predictions. Each one of us have, and even Ryan's wife made a bold prediction, and she wasn't
0: even here to make that bold prediction. but um, She did own up to it, though. She did own up to it. She said that she will catch sturgeon this year. That does have to include next sturgeon spearing, though, just so we're clear on that. So that gives me all of – the sturgeon season for this fishing season and then next february's uh sturgeon spearing on black lake that we go to but we may have an in we may have an in with winnebago Mm. so that might be an upcoming trip for next fall that we might need to get you guys included on we may have an in on Winnebago, so so, so let's go back. Don't avoid this. What well, if, I did my if prediction. If we don't if we don't
2: achieve our bold prediction, listeners out there, give us uh, give us an, an you know if we don't achieve this, what should we do? What what is what is the end of this bargain? You know what that's, I'm saying? Like that's if I if I, 50, if I don't catch a if I don't catch a 50 inch muskie, what? All so right. what's the repercussions
0: here? What do I got to do? So, So, we're going to do this. So, if you're listening to this podcast, this will prove how many listeners we have. (laughs) So, if you're listening to this podcast. Our listener, not our listeners, our listener. We we want you to either... You can either text us, because most of you probably know us. Hit us up on our social media, because that's the only other way you'd know about us. Uh, Instagram um, and TikTok. Or you can text us and let us know your ideas. And then the next podcast, we will air what... What the uh, the challenges? What, what the challenges? Yeah, I
2: like that. I like that. I, I like a little what if. Give me something. Give me a reason to. Well, now uh, to go actually out there and put try, it. though.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a whole reason behind it. I was just blowing just... smoke up your guys' ass. <laughs> now I got to actually go hunting this year. Shit. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a thing. No. We're not All right, so I'm, okay, we got to get Jason so that, out
1: there. So cast for, him
2: for muskie. That's so. for bold prediction. One. Right, you get, you he guys just said
0: he's going to catch something on the duck, and that's that. That's ah. saying something. It's the duck. So, Jason, <laughs> I need a 2.0. Wow, Bold 2. prediction, in 2. 2.0. Let's keep it fishing-related.
1: Okay. Hmm. Since,
0: you know, that's what we're talking, fishing-related.
1: Bold prediction,
0: 2.0. Yeah. Or, Bob, you can chime in if you got yours. Okay. I'm over here thinking right now. I'm, I'm thinking real Man, fast. If, if, if we had done if, this... If I could cue up the Jeopardy song right now, I totally would.
2: Yeah. Can I,
0: can I have like another... Peace, can I have Alex.
1: another musky one? No. No? Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you, why not? You, you got to complete like bold prediction 1.0 before you can... Go gotcha. to 2.0 in the same category. Come on, we can't have silence for our, our audience. All right, so <laughs> you guys think about it. Deep, he's, I, a, he's in deep thought, but well, by the end of this, we're going to wrap it up here. I I need bold prediction 2.0 for both of you. All right, all right, all right, all right. let's go. We go. got a few minutes, okay? So, a right. lot, lots of good info on pike fishing. Um, uh, we, will, we will get into it. A, a, I mean, that was just a... Uh, Tip of uh, the iceberg. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just a fraction of... If there's knowledge that the two of us have in this room, it's on pike fishing, honestly. Yeah. I, we, I, I feel like we do know a decent amount about deer hunting, pike fishing, and yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't do pike
2: fishing tournaments. If they did a pike fishing they tournament... Do. like they do. do they really? Yeah. I have not
0: seen one, do. but if they did it... I'd be in it, man, and they're uh, okay, actually so kind of, There are actually some like beer league tournaments. I've looked into them. Like, I think it'd be a lot of fun, dude. It'd be like a golf league, but just going out pike fishing. I know, I know the lake that we fish in northern Michigan. They do, a,
2: they do a, a tournament. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that it's pike fishing, but, it, but that to get in on that, that lake is notorious for pike. But it's uh, yeah, I'd love to go fish that tournament, and but I, I'm not sure. I have never heard of like. The Northern Pike fishing
0: circuit. Or anything like that. So we'll do another podcast to really break down pike fishing probably in the next couple weeks before the season opens. So we'll have lots more info for that. We will get into Detroit River here once we can get our asses on the Detroit River. If this stupid state ever stops snowing. I think we just we need to suck it up and just I'm ready. My, my boat get is out there. ready. The only other thing I need to do to to, the only other thing I need to do to my boat is I want to repack my the bearings in the trailer. My boat itself is ready to go, and I can take the trailer. But before I get into the heart of the season, I want to repack my bearings, make sure my trailer is good, and I'm good. I'm ready. So y'all get your boats ready. Enjoy ready. the club. I'm ready to go. Get your boat out of your garage. <laughs> All I got to do is pull it out, put the muffs on it, fire it, and it's going to be good again. That's right. You have a new boat. So I'm ready. Tuesday, I will be on the water fishing. I will have a line in the water Tuesday. On
1: Tuesday, you
0: said? Tuesday, I got a a day off. It's going to be, well, as of now, it's going to be 65 and chance of rain Tuesday late night. So morning should be good. So I'll be on the water somewhere local just to run the boat. I'm not going to hit the river yet, but i'm going to be somewhere local just to run the boat get some lines wet i gotta wash all my lures yeah so i still got uh
2: i got about a thousand yards worth of uh braid that i need yeah to, i gotta need sp- to reline my fishing rods yeah that's my plan like that.
0: tomorrow and monday to re respool spool a bunch of my really all my all my stuff not um, redoing my musky stuff because i just didn't fish enough last year for musky that's it didn't <laughs> get enough use but my my main gear definitely going to re-spool it so but yeah so we'll have some detroit river content once we can actually get there and get you some content besides just a fishing report um maybe some spring turkey updates if Jason and i can get in the woods here uh by the end of the month april 23rd it opens Uh, or do you have a tag for april 23rd or just the may hunt
1: my my tag will be in may but i think we might be able to pull something together okay for that for the other season so we'll have to keep yeah in we got to we got
0: to what june i think is the last time you can technically hunt there's a
1: little bit of yeah that there's a lot of options like yeah. we discussed
0: we're we're gonna get um maybe some video content of uh of a turkey hunt so we'll have that coming up and uh what else we want to talk about what's up what's upcoming um uh, i think that we are going to get into musky We're we're starting to get yeah.
1: into
2: the uh into the early season musky stuff um uh, muskies spawn after the pike and pike are going to be spawning right now which is kind of right after ice out at least here in southern Michigan so yep. um, we'll we'll get hard into the muskie stuff we don't like to target them too early you know for obvious reasons we don't want to interrupt the spawn we know that they yeah, don't spawn it's, well it's, to begin with but, it's
0: technically open but it's just one of those things it's an epic right. thing like you know it's open you can catch any and release all year long, but we know they're in the spawn and you know, just yeah. being the conservationists that we are like, I don't need to target them right now. I got the whole year, rest of the year. Right. I can wait another month. It's just, you know, that's who we are. So, and yeah. And, um, but the other thing, too, is uh, something we want to put together is a kind of a Q&A segment. I've had a few people ask me questions of topics they want us to talk about or just our opinions on certain things. Um, so we're going to try to put together uh, maybe a whole episode of just questions that you guys have. So if you do have any questions, too, hit us up on our social media or, or, or text us or email us or whatever. Um, any questions that you want us to answer, we can go roundtable and, and maybe we can give you our opinion or our knowledge on it i think that'd be a a cool segment to put together. So yeah.
2: we ta- or We tried to uh, re- to video record this episode. Um, technical difficulty. Yeah, we had some uh, <laughs> some technical difficulties, which added to wah, my wah, saltiness. Wah. Yeah, added to my saltiness at the beginning of this. But he's calmed um, down a lot. I've calmed down Bob a ton.
1: Was, Bob was fired <laughs> up. Well,
0: he's six beers deep, and he's you know. He's good now. He's feeling it. There's exactly six beers sitting on this table
2: right now, and yeah. most of them are empty. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we we wanted to video record, and we've had that. We've had some people ask us, you know, can you, uh, would you might, would you want to record like you guys actually talking? And it, absolutely, we're totally uh, transparent. and Want to show our faces, and we're totally cool with it. And uh, we try to do it. We've got, we've got to figure out our podcast equipment and the stuff that we have here. And we're, we're, we're still running on some very basic stuff here. So um, once we get that figured out, we'll definitely get it up. We'll start uploading that to YouTube and different places so that you can, you can actually see our ugly faces. And, uh, you know, us sitting here talking about, um,
0: you know, fishing. You can see the effects I'm getting Jason right now on my camera.
1: Once, uh, oh, yeah, once we you, do a video, you, once we do a video podcast, I feel like people are going to see us and we're going to lose all our viewers. and yep, they're, they're, they're
2: gone. gone. Yep. My the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is actually sitting down with Jason. Is <laughs> sitting <laughs> down and having Jason at this table as well, so that um, <laughs> so that he can be part of this. These guys are you ridiculous. Like, you
1: look like a horse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's a Mr. Thing. Ed. Oh, man, <laughs> You're ugly.
0: I'm also looking <laughs> forward to
1: <laughs> sitting. <Wow. laughs> it was hurtful. I'm looking forward How to sitting you? Down with you guys, too. It'll was, be a good time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, if you can unbreak your leg.
1: Um, Here I put up. a little thought into the, uh, what are we calling it? The 2.0, the guarantee. Guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. What was it? guarantee 2.0 no, our, uh, on the record
0: bold 2.0. prediction 2.0
1: bold prediction 2.0 so i think that what we should do is bob and i made fishing related predictions <laughs> i think ryan you did a hunting one so now you flip the script you make your fishing one bob and i will make our hunting oh, one how about that
0: I, I, okay. I like it i like it I okay like are it. you writing these down cuz i'm not
1: um, well, so far, we will each have two, so we should be able to remember our own two. Uh, I don't, don't feel like that's too far. You are
0: stretch. really putting a lot of faith into us right now.
1: All right, you go first. I
0: already did mine.
1: No, you're fishing. Oh, uh, on the duck. Yeah. On the duck. Yeah, yeah, okay. Bob, do you have a hunting one? If you don't, I'll try to muster up something.
2: I do have a hunting one.
1: Okay, go ahead.
2: So with the bow... With a bow, I well, so uh, so I kind of have a couple here, and um, I I bought a new, I bought a new. Uh, he's, he's still messing with these filters. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some really weird stuff going on over here. I, I, God, I wish we could, the viewers could, or the listeners could uh, see this someday. So they someday, slap you in the face. Yes. Um, so I bought a new 450 Bushmaster, and I've been. Itching, itching to put something down with it. So um, I don't want to make that my bold prediction because not, I was going to say that's not bold. It's not You're bold. You're
0: going to shoot a deer it's, with 450 <laughs> bushes. It, it, it's not. It's, it's I'm going to catch a fish this year. <laughs> I got a. Uh, – <laughs> right I'm going go yeah.
1: Now, if you try to do that at Kent, it might be difficult. Right. Yeah,
2: that's true. So I'm, I'm fairly, fairly uh, – confident in my ability to be able to to put a deer on the ground with that 450 this year but it uh again my passion is the bow so uh, my goal and my bolt prediction 2.0 is going to be
0: to put a 150 inch deer oh here we go with the inches (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> here we go with the inches. We don't measure our deer here. We go by pointers. All right, so a uh, solid give me we'll, points. We'll say a
2: solid 10 pointer. Oh we're gonna say a solid. I'm gonna say a solid 10 pointer down with my bow with a bow. I'm gonna give myself the whole season to do it though because that late season can be pretty good too. So I'm gonna give the whole season a 10 pointer and uh the, yeah that's that's gonna be the thing. Kind of, um. Yeah. If I got to make a bold prediction, so you, got, make a, you know, if I'm going to say an eight point, like it's you know an eight or a six, is going to be a little bit easier to accomplish. I want to give. I want to set that bar a little bit higher, and I'm going. I'm going to go with the so solid ten. Fifty or, inch yeah.
0: musky and a ten point buck. You're going to have the year yeah, of the I, century. Hey, that year, they year. So I caught a forty. What was that? Forty
2: five inch musky and shot.
1: That was the and shot an eleven shot
2: pointer, leg? yeah, the same year. So well, you're done, you retired. So that that was a bold year and I didn't predict any of no. it. It all just happened. It all came together. But um so yeah, that that's gonna be my bold my bull prediction. That's gonna get me in the woods, that's gonna get me on my trail cams, it's gonna get me uh scouting a little harder. There you go. That's what this is all about, right? And that's the that's wood. the point of the bold prediction. If you're not giving yourself a bold prediction every year, see, I didn't limit mine. You're to just points. like I'm not so just going to go out there gonna... and wing it.
0: It's gonna you're gonna wing it. You might come home with something. I don't know. But see, I didn't say, I didn't put points on mine. I just said I'm, a deer is going on the wall. Oh, any deer? Can, wall. I say, can I say? Can I? Can I retract and say that? No. You said it on okay,
2: Because if, if I can say, this I'll, I'll is put a wall on the wall, it is a nine pointer. This is podcast
0: here. law. The viewers <laughs> will burn you at the stake. Yeah. Okay. Jason? All right. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the 10 pointer. Jason, you're up.
1: So I've been going back and forth between two options.
0: I want to shoot two books again like last year. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I took three weekends to shoot two bucks. I'll try to do two bucks in two weekends. Oh, that's no, trash! I'm, just I, I, so, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> shoot
0: two on opening day because I don't feel like hunting this year. <laughs>
1: um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with an eight point buck Ooh. on public land.
0: Oh, I like it. How do about you, that? Do you hunt public land?
1: No. That's why it's bold.
0: Okay, so that it, is, that is yeah. bold. I, it's, I, it's guess I, gu- I guess you're coming up hunting with us. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's hey, gonna take. Come up some... with us.
2: We're going, uh, we're going. back to the Upper Peninsula this year. Oh, Public you're headed Land. to the UP this year? Yeah, to for opening
0: day. Yeah, that's the thing. To the up, eh? UP. There you go. Don't you, you know? With, Don't you know?
1: You can hang out with the Jimmer and Ranger Tom. Mm-hmm. And the yeah.
0: Escanaba no. in the moonlight. It will be uh, very close to Escanaba. Yeah. Eight
1: point buck. Michigan public land. It's gonna go- take some work.
0: I'm going up for the bear walk, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're if going you up there know, for the. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't watched Escanaba in the Moonlight*.
1: You're going up there and
0: for the Ball milkshakes. Speaking of stupid movies, while we're on this, okay, so you two have seen *Frozen* stupid, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. We're not. Ta- I. I will turn off. I will. I will end the call if we're going to talk about that movie.
0: So if you haven't watched it, listeners, it's it's called Frozen Stupid. It's a movie about ice fishing. It was you've all already filmed- given it too much time. You've given it too much time. <laughs> <laughs> it was filmed solely in Houghton Lake, Michigan. Um, it's got Ernest Borgnine in it and nobody else. It's actually got most of the characters from uh, Escanaba in the Moonlight. If you've seen that, I love the movie. My wife loves the movie. It's horribly. It's, it's,
1: you like
0: it. I love it, man. I, I just do. It's it's terribly produced. It's it's stupid, but it's funny. To me, it's funny.
2: I like that kind of, that kind of movie. It's the same way with Eskanama in the Moonlight. Most people like if you were yeah. to like rate that movie, watch it and be like, Alright, I'm gonna yes. watch this for its content. See yes. this, is this an awesome
0: movie? Yep. Oh my god. Like you would right. be sorely disappointed. But right. and you've only seen Frozen Stupid one time, right?
1: We have it. We have the DVD,
0: right? But you've only watched it like one time, right?
1: Yeah, and I wish I hadn't.
0: Okay, you got to watch it multiple <laughs> times, man. The first time I watched Escanaba in the Moonlight, I hated it. Anyways, I, I just I, I just realized it. that *Frozen Stupid 2 is out. Yes, okay. I, I see your reaction.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, did, yeah,
0: and I and I
2: watched it the other night. Escanaba in the Moonlight is Jeff Daniels' best performance. For sure. You should have got it off here.
0: Frozen Stupid 2 is, <laughs> Frozen is, Stupid too. <laughs> is equally worse than than, than the first one. Um, it's still really funny. But it's like him 10 years later after he caught this ridiculous bike. And it's in the summertime. And they're fishing out of a boat. And it's like this boat from the 1950s. It's It's funny, though. But... All right, so it's we got like, our bold predictions. Yeah, it's like grumpy old
2: men, and grumpier yeah. old men, and grumpiest old men, and all the yeah. grumpy old men are out there.
0: They're all good, man. They're all good. They don't, they don't They're make good way. hunting and fishing movies. So I mean, we got to do what we can. It's a very so. specific audience, yeah. And nobody's making hunting and fishing movies unless you're a Michigander. So right, <laughs> yeah. you're a north, you're a north person. All right, Jason, what do you got to wrap this call up? What's your closing remarks, Bud?
1: Well, I don't have any. I'm so appalled that you would you're, you're, direct me to watch. I just Frozen stupid too. I am, <laughs> I am beside myself right it's
0: now. On, it's on Amazon Prime. It's only like a dollar ninety nine to rent.
1: Okay, if it's you want to watch every, a good movie,
0: it's worth every penny.
1: How about this? How about I'll follow it up with we just watched on Hulu for free. It's called
0: Hulu's not Free
1: well, Hulu isn't no but the movie <laughs> on there was <laughs> it was my it was my fiance's I didn't pay for it. We watched yeah uh, that means you
2: paid for it someday you're uh, going to be paying for that
1: Death on the Nile
0: oh, okay, it's classic it was a good one it was yeah that's classic yeah.
1: all right, what do you got? <laughs>
2: Just sitting here talking about uh talking about pike fishing a little bit has gotten me amped up. I'm ready, man. We'll that is that you're my, in a better
0: mood now. Yeah, I'm in a better mood. I
2: have got I'm I've got like tons of uh, tons of empty cold cold pops. <laughs> cold pots. I would like to and, I would
1: like to uh, say okay. Uh, Rocky Ma- Ma-
2: Rocky Mountains, sure. silver bullets sitting here empty, and uh, well, so um, I, I am I am super excited for the for the uh, for pike fishing and for musky fishing. That's like that's obviously my passion when it comes to the fishing part. So I'm super excited about it and talking about it and talking about some tactics. I'm I'm totally into that. I love to talk about and and I want to give to our listeners anything that I can give you. Again, I'm not a pro, not even close, not even close. So I want to I want to talk to you a little bit and at least. Hey, this color worked for me on this kind of water. If, if if you if you guys like that kind of thing, if you you know, you go out and you have success with it or something like that, you know, give us some feedback so that we know um, you know, whether it worked or not for you. But other than that, um, no man, I'm just I'm itching to go, ready ready to get this season going. Um yeet,
0: yeet, yeet,
2: yeet. Hoot, hoot, hoot.
0: Hoot. And uh, I haven't said hoot since the first episode. I just want to say I'm telling you what this podcast is a real hoot. So anyway, I want to
1: say that real hooters. I want to say that it is ironic that Mr. Bob Collin was so fired up leading into this podcast. And then he gets to give his 2.0 bold prediction, and the guy drops a 150-inch comment. That is ironic.
2: It it was ironic because my whole tirade, my whole whole thing before I got into this was about that, was about not measuring your deer off of inches of antler. But I'm not going to get into into that right now. We got plenty of season, and we got a lot of hunting season to get into come August, September. And I'm going to, oh, man. We'll let that slide. Yeah, let I'm, I'm slide. not. I, all right, I have another bold prediction that's going to come in August. Three point oh. <laughs> this guy
1: yeah. is just
2: bold prediction. Three 0, and it's going to be aimed at somebody else. But we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold off on that for now. <laughs> oh I'm gonna hold off. Oh,
0: we'll before he gets fired up.
2: Yeah, yeah, don't get me fired up, man. You can be all fired up. All so right. anyway, super excited for this fishing
0: season and ready to get out there and get after it. You know. Anyway, that's all I got, man. All right. Well, again, thank you for listening. Please, uh, if you don't follow us on social media, please do. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, give us a follow. And um, as always, until next time, get outdoors and don't be terrible.